Welcome back to the show. We're keeping it real. Goes right. Welcome back to Real Take Sports Talk live here on YouTube. We hope you're all having a great day. I know I am. And we're joined, as always, sometimes I should say, by good old Andrew Owenstein. Andrew, how you doing, my man? How you doing? I'm doing incredible. How are you? And I'm I'm chilling. Big shout out to... Uh, Big shout out. Oh, my God. I'm already messing up, though. Now, big shout out to Netflix for that new intro. We're still working out the kinks on that, but I'm sure we'll get that sorted. But if you guys want to help us get that sorted, there's one easy thing y'all can do. Y'all can hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. Andrew, we got a lot to talk about. We got so much to talk about. Um... Yes, I know, Cincy. We're not starting with final takes. Don't worry. We just we got time to fix all this stuff. Welcome to everyone who's watching live, including yourself, Cincy. Welcome to everyone who's listening on Spotify and Apple Podcast. We got so much to talk about. We got Cincy, Big On, VB, Senior in the chat. So many people joining us. We're going to be talking about March Madness. We're also going to be talking about the road to the NFL season, which first stop, free agency, New NFL season is underway. Free agency kicked off in a huge way. We'll talk about the big moves there. We're also going to be talking about some news concerning the GOAT, Tom Brady, who just decided we're coming out of retirement. That's just something he's doing now, so he's doing that. We'll talk about it. And, of course, March Madness. But before we get to any of that, again, hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. Chat is blowing up. Um, Andrew, before we get into everything that we're going to talk about and get to some of the questions from the wonderful people in the chat, do you have anything you want to talk about to start us off? Anything in sports you've, you've been, you've been thinking about? Nah, free agency, dude, free, it's ever since free agency started and everything like that, it's just been every single day is something new, dude. It's between the Brady news, between some of the free agent signings, between, you got guys sitting up there spurting one team to go to another team in a tougher division when they could have just stayed in that other division that they were in. We're going to have a good show tonight. we got a lot to talk about. Absolutely. We have a lot to talk about. Chat's already talking. Uh, Cincy and Big On mentioned Scott Hall, former pro wrestler Scott Hall, uh, who recently passed away. Big shout out to the big man upstairs right now, Scott Hall. Um, again, all the shows this week, all the... Videos this week are going to be dedicated to Scott Hall and his memory. Um, Ayo. Um, we also got Cincy in the chat saying, Bengals finally got some O-line. Hey, they're not done. They need more. They need more. I watched that Super Bowl. The Bengals 100% like need to... They, their, their issues aren't just one or two pieces on the O-line. They need to fix that whole enchilada. So Is Quentin Spain? Is Quentin Spain still on the team? Let's find out. Is Quentin Spain still on the team? As I'm telling you right now, yeah, I know from is. experience. He is. I know from experience right now. You're trying to build an O line. That's addition through subtraction right now. You got to get his <laughs> ass the fuck out. Why is that addition through subtraction? What do you do to the Titans? 
Um, he talked a lot of shit for a dude who didn't do much for us. Yeah. Uh, we got better. We got a lot better. Yeah, he was he was talking so much shit. Like, yeah, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. Congratulations. So Joe Burrow did what he was supposed to do. He lived up to his hype as the number one pick and everything. And he's taking shots at the Titans. I mean, I don't know why, dude. For some reason, this was the season of, like, so many dudes taking shots at their former clubs. Between Eli Apple taking shots at the Giants and the Saints. You got Logan Ryan with his uncalled for taking shots at the Titans, talking about the Titans fan base being non-existent. It's like, right, because, you know, we're playing in January and the Giants, the, the, the Giants are sitting home, you know. Um, it is what it is though. Uh, but Quentin Spain, dude, uh, right there. I'm just, I'm just telling you if anybody watched that Super Bowl, um, when, when Aaron Donald got loose and basically almost destroyed Joe Burrow on the last play, uh, of the game, that was Quentin Spain that got beat. So, um, I'm just telling you right now, you want to get better, uh, just do subtraction. You heard it here first. That was Andrew's hot take to start off the show. Quentin Spain absolutely fucking sucks. Uh, Guys, we're going to get going. We're going to get started with our first official topic of the day. Andrew, it's March Madness. March Madness is kicking off again, finally. And I think this is kind of going to be like the first real normal March Madness in a long time. We're finally getting full capacity seating. We're finally getting fans back in the stands. And look, it's shaping up to be a really fun tourney this time around. I know you got your... Look, you're the expert when it comes to college basketball. You're the real take expert when it comes to college basketball. I My, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I that. mean, I, I mean, mean com- compared that. to me and Johnny, you're 100% the real take expert in college basketball. But no, in all seriousness. So... Putting your expertise hat on and taking your Gonzaga hat off for just a minute, I want you to tell me, what are some key things to look out for in this tournament as we begin it in, I believe, just a few days? And who are some teams that you might want to be on the lookout for as far as the Cinderella story? So the first team that I'm thinking of is the team that went on to win the ACC. They beat Duke. They beat Carolina. It was They won in a buzzer beater against, um, I forgot who it was. They beat, I think it might've been Clemson. They won in a buzzer beater against Clemson and then just completely went on to roll. Beat Notre Dame, uh, beat Carolina, and then beat Duke pretty handily and everything like that. It's Virginia Tech, dude. Virginia Tech is a team they're rolling right now. Uh, Mike Young, He's a really good coach and everything like that. It's taken him a few years. Uh, he made his name at Wofford. Back when Wofford uh, had a team that was close to making a deep run, literally if not for Tyler Hero and those boys that Kentucky had, that was a Wofford team that legitimately could have been a sleeper team to make an Elite Eight and possibly a Final Four. That's how good they were. He has some guys from that team, bought some of those guys over with him to Virginia Tech. They're rolling right now. Another team that could be a potential sleeper is um, – I have my bracket right here. Actually, I filled out. I filled out a bracket. There we go. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't submit this. I just. I just fill it out for uh, for fun. Uh, I love how team... it's like. I love how like you have your camera set up so it's all blurred out. So so only you can control what's seen. Exactly. So the team that I really have, you know, potentially making a deep run would be Virginia Tech. Uh, another one that a lot of people are sleeping on, and the only reason why I say sleeping is just because. I feel like they were underseated. They kind of got slighted given how the last couple of weeks have gone has been uh, Tennessee. Tennessee won the SEC tournament. Um, they handily won that championship game. They knocked off Kentucky in the semifinal. Tennessee, they're, they're another one. They're rolling right now. And I don't know how they got a three seed in the same region as Villanova. 
because I mean, if when you think about maybe the head to head, they did lose to Villanova earlier in the year, but Rick Barnes, Rick Barnes is a guy where he's very big on winning that revenge game. And if it does come down to that, where Villanova and Tennessee do meet in that sweet 16, another team that I could see making the final four, making a deep run that's underseated uh, is Tennessee. And then of course, there is the uh, Loyola Chicago. Loyola Chicago is back in. They have um, they have this dude, Williamson. He's like a sixth-year senior. I think the dude's like our age or something like that. He's still in college somehow. And they're another team. We've seen them do it before. Obviously, Porter Moser's not there, but some of those guys that were on that team that went to that Final Four, they are still there. And that's another team that, that can get hot. Those are just some of the sleepers I got. You know, Potential first-round upsets, you could see uh, maybe Vermont over Arkansas just because Arkansas does not shoot the ball well and Vermont plays very good uh, perimeter defense you know you got teams like that Uh, that's one another one that I could see is um, once again I'm taking my I'm taking my Gonzaga bias out of this and my WCC bias out of this San Francisco over Murray State Murray State's had a great year Mm. Murray State shoots the ball very well San Francisco playing San Francisco is like playing the University of Virginia they will slow it down they got some dudes on San Francisco. They've won some pretty big, high-profile games. Obviously, you know, they did lose um, some WCC games, lost to uh, St. Mary's, lost to Gonzaga. St. Mary's another one, dude. St. Mary's, I was talking to somebody today who was telling me, uh, she has St. Mary's going to the Elite Eight. She actually has St. Mary's beating um, UCLA and potentially going to the Elite Eight this year. So those are just a few teams that I could see potentially making deep runs. Uh, Rutgers is another one. Rutgers is another one. Rutgers is a scrappy team. Uh, obviously my Seton Hall, uh, ties is why I have to root against Rutgers. Thou shall not lose to Rutgers. That's our motto at Seton Hall. Literally, literally we got flags and everything. And, um, Rutgers, another one that could potentially, they're going to play Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I think was a very overrated team. Still don't know how Notre Dame got in. They finished second in the ACC. Still don't know how the fuck that happened. And, uh, they got bounced early in the ACC tournament. They're going to play, uh, in the playing game. I think that's a, either that's a eight, maybe an eight versus may, they may be playing for an 11 seed. I don't know, but that's another one. Rutgers is a potential team that I could see, you know, pulling a first round upset and then potentially maybe getting to a sweet 16 scrappy team, uh, veteran team and everything like that. So it's what I got for you. All I know is sister Jean better see a damn national title before she before she leaves us. So she's been waiting 102 years, Andrew. 102 years to see a national. Like, like, like she look, if anyone deserves it, it's her. That's my that's my bias for uh for Catholic uh uh nuns. There you go. But uh no, uh but no, in all seriousness, I, I think Loyola's got a shot this year, but the team that I know and you know that you love and you care about the most is the Gonzaga Bulldogs. It's the team that you have going all the way. It's the team that you have always had going all the way. The team that you've been dying. Many Gonzaga fans as well have been dying. It's not going to show up. It's not going to show up. You have it's your background blurred, bro. Um, Just know, in the middle of this thing, in this gray part right here, in the middle of this thing, it says GU. Just know that. Yeah. Um, but... Gonzaga is the team that you've been hot on for years now. Is it finally going to be their year? Is this the year where Gonzaga finally breaks through, gets over that curse, that alleged curse that they have, and finally not gets to, not finishes second second place to, but actually wins the national championship? I think it is. And this is the reason why. When you look at both of the teams that went to the national championship game – the team in 2017, the team was deep. That team was, they were able to play a faster pace. That team was very good at protecting the rim. Now, 
they might not have been the – I'm not going to say they didn't have scorers. They didn't have shooting. Nigel Williams-Goss that year was one of the best all-around like guards in the country. They did have Josh Perkins coming off of his redshirt year. He came back. They had nice pieces in between, Silas Melson. Uh, they had this, the, the mountain man in Shimmick Karnowski. The thing that separated that team from the team last year was last year's team played at a prolific pace. They literally could score 100 points every single game. I think they had like they averaged the most points uh, during the season, but they lacked the rim protection. The, the difference with this team is if you were to take the one thing that that 2017 team did and you were to take the one thing that this team, the team that lost last year, was the 2017 team had rim protection. It literally, if you go back and watch those highlights, I remember I watched every single minute of every single game. It literally seemed like that team blocked every shot. I'm serious, dude. It literally seemed like that team blocked every shot that went up. They have the rim protection with the unicorn, Chet Holmgren, who can also step out and can shoot it. They can stretch the floor and everything. That team in 2017, yes, they had shooters, but they couldn't stretch it the way this team could. And, and vice versa, the team last year, they were able to stretch it but didn't have the interior presence in the rim protection. Yes, they did have Drew Timmy who could play down low. What the, guy, what the guys like Chet Holmgren allowed them to do, as well as some of the other guys that came back. You know, they still have Timmy who can play down low. They still have, you know, they, Julian Strother has huge. Uh, Andrew Nemhard. I don't know how Andrew Nemhard, uh, he, he, he should win something. He should yeah. win something. That's Andrew Nemhard is the best point guard in the country. I understand, you know, Jaden Ivey might be the first point guard drafted. I get that, all that stuff. Andrew Nemhard has just been invaluable to the best team in all of college basketball. That He's their leader. That kid is going to – he should be a lottery pick. I'm predict he's going to be a lottery pick. Like They just- – they, and some of these guys have, you know, now they've been there, done that. It's like the redeem story. It's like – it's almost like a redeem story. I have compared this team almost like I've made the comparisons with um, Drew Timmy to Tyler Hansborough in the sense that 2008 happened. Uh, North Carolina lost in the final four to uh, Kansas, who then went on to win the whole thing. Let, uh, last year, GU's team lost to Baylor in the national championship. Some of those guys came back and everything like that. They were able to stress the floor. You know, they could score 100 points a game and everything like that. And they were able to, you know, ultimately come back the next year and win the whole thing. I could see that happening with this team just because this team takes what that 2017 team did so well, which was protect the rim and block shots. And what last year's team did, which was play at a prolific pace, stretch the floor and score on you. That's why I'm saying this is the year. This is the year that GU gets there and not just gets there. They cut down the nets. You heard it here first. Andrew Owenstein. College basketball expert extraordinaire picking the Gonzaga Bulldogs to go all the way once again. Eventually, hey, man, you do it enough times, eventually you might be right. Although you could ask the same for Sister Jean. She's been waiting 102 years. (laughs) Hasn't happened for her. My biggest biggest thing is um, because this is March and everything is crazy and everything like that, dude. I'm just – the team that scares me the most – like not scares me, scares me, but the team that I'm not willing to take a chance on is, which is funny because Arizona, Arizona is that one team I'm not willing to take a chance on to go far just because they've had a great season. First year coach, Tommy Lloyd, they did go win the pac 12 and everything. Everything came together at the right time. This is crunch time though. 
And these Arizona guys, they haven't been there, done that. The coach Tommy Lloyd has. He's been on that bench for the last 20 years. These guys, outside of Overballo, who was the only player on that GU team last year who transferred from GU and is now at Arizona, a lot of these Arizona guys haven't been there, done that, which is why I – I'll tell you who some of my upsets are. I mean, I don't see Arizona getting past the Sweet 16. Providence is another one. Dude, I can see Providence. If, if Providence doesn't lose in the first round, which might happen because South Dakota State's a very good team, don't be surprised if they lose in the second round, Providence. Providence is not a good team. I'm sorry. No, sorry, not sorry. They are not a good team. Anything else you want to shout into the ether? That's it. Well, if you guys want to hear Andrew's rants all the time, every week, right here on this YouTube channel, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. Moving on, um, or as we move on, we got some nice statements, questions, and people joining us in the chat that we're going to read out. Head on over to YouTube.com forward slash Real Take Sports to be part of the conversation. We got Trevor in the chat. Big shout out to Trevor, uh, my co-host on Real Take Wrestle Talk. Uh, Trevor's in the chat saying that, ooh, he's calling. He's calling your Gonzaga Bulldog out. It's like Zags can do it, but they have to get out of their own way. They have lost in previous years due to their own mistakes. Yes, but that's why I'm saying that's why this team this team is built differently. Like a lot of the other teams, like I said, the two teams that made it there were they were they did one thing particularly well. That 2017 team, they had a rim protector. They could protect the rim. Remember, they had Zach Collins, lottery pick. They had the seven foot two mountain man Shimmick Karnowski. They had dudes and that they could a Killian Tilly was another one guy plays in the Memphis Grizzlies they had guys that could protect the rim and like I said if you go back and you watch that team literally seems like they blocked every shot but their problem was at times you know I'm not gonna say they would go cold scoring but they could not stretch the floor yeah. the way that this team could last year's team their problem was they could stretch the floor they could run on you but the issue that they faced was when push comes to shove they couldn't stop penetration, and when you got penetration, they they really did not have that that presence at the rim to protect the rim. That's where this year's team is different. This year's team takes what last year's team did very well, which was stretch the floor, shoot it well, and what that 2017 team did, which was protect the rim, which is why that's why I think you take what the those two teams did the best and you put them together, that's what this team is. Cincy in the chat says, it's never going to be Gonzaga's year. Kentucky is a good pick. So there you go. I'm not, I'm not sleeping on Kentucky. I I think I might have Kentucky go to the Final Four. I think it's either – I either got Kentucky or Purdue coming out of that that region. But, um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll right. see. We'll see for sure. Guys, keep those chats coming. Let's move on, Andrew. As you as – are, are you still analyzing your um, your bracket? I think I actually have Kentucky going to the Final Four, but falling to you. There you go. There you go. Anyway, moving on from bracket talk, there'll be there'll be plenty of time for that. I'm sure we'll get Andrew in here if Gonzaga goes to the Final Four. Andrew, we're doing a stream. Like like I like, we have I, to. We have to. I got to get your reaction to even if they lose or win. Either way, it's gonna be magical. Kind of like the next thing we're gonna be talking about. This is something out of even a storybook couldn't couldn't wouldn't be this great or insane andrew tom brady couldn't handle it 
Brady couldn't handle the boredom of retirement for two months. This dude, 40 days after the greatest player in the history of the NFL announced that he was retiring after 22 seasons, he decided just on a whim, on a random Sunday on Twitter, he is coming back for a 23rd season. Tom Brady will return for with the Bucks, And now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are trying to get the crew back together. They've sent feelers out to Rob Gronkowski to try to see if, if he's interested in coming back to the team. And you would think that he probably is with Brady being gung-ho and coming back. Andrew, 40 days. He, he couldn't even wait 40 days. This isn't even like a Brett Favre thing. Where Brett Favre, he would retire. But he would do it just so he didn't have to play or just have or so he wouldn't have to go to training camp. Brady did it like before the season even officially started. He said, OK, let's get my guys a head start on free agency. What do you think about this decision, Andrew? What might have brought Brady to this decision to return after 40 days? Uh, well, number one, I think he got bored. I think he was sitting up there like, yeah, this after shit ain't for me. He was probably, I don't know, but people keep talking about how he was at that soccer game where Ronaldo went and had the hat trick. He probably had some beer spilled on him. And he was like, yeah, fuck this. Um, it could have been, it could have been that. I mean, you know, maybe he just, he, 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 I guess football is just like, he, he, dude, you have to be like, to be as good and as legendary as this man has become, you gotta be a, a psycho when it comes to this game. And I think he is that much like so in tune with football and he loves football so much, like in a psychotic way that he's like, bro, I, 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 I can't, I, I have to be on the fucking field. Like I have to be. And I do think I'm, I'm, I want to get your take on this too. I really think just seeing where some of the quarterback chips fell recently, like, you know, Russell Wilson's out, here in the news, Jimmy G might be on the move to the uh, to the AFC. You know, yes, Aaron Rodgers did come back, but just you know, looking at looking at the the status of that division right now, you know, Carolina is Carolina. Uh, the Saints yeah. are in cap hell. The Saints are in cap hell. That there, there really isn't much they can do. Atlanta is rebuilding. Matty Ice might be on his way to the uh, to the AFC. Um, and then you look at some of the other teams. You know, uh, Dallas. We're going to talk about Dallas later on. They just, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like you look at like like who some of those guys are in the uh, in the NFC, and he's like, you know what? I can beat them. I can beat them. I can beat them. Outside of having to go through maybe the NFC West again, which which when you really think about it, dude, they were one play. It's what that one play one away play. from from winning that game and knocking off the team that was going. To they the almost Super came Bowl. back. You know they, what I mean? they, they came that, back. They came back in that they game. They came back on them. So it's like he's sitting up here like, you know what? I the the uh, the NFC just got a lot easier, especially with like Russell Wilson heading to the uh, AFC and everything. He's probably over here thinking, you know what? I think I can give it another go. He definitely can win the division. And then outside of having to maybe go through Aaron Rodgers, which he's done before. And that team uh, that, that team's going all in right now. But just given what happened to them last year and um, maybe having to go through whoever is coming out of the NFC West whether it's whether it's the Rams again, um, whether it's the 49ers, any of that, it's I think he probably thinks to himself, I he gets the squad back together, they run it back one more time. They were this close against the Super Bowl champs. Yeah. I think he's thinking, you know what? I, I got another run in me. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh so 
as far as my take, like I agree. I think you touched on a lot of factors because this is like not a one. Th- I don't think this is like one thing over another. I think he j- it's kind of like sensing the landscape of the NFL, sensing the landscape of his division, which th- there's no other team that's going to compete in that division right now. And also, like he probably was just like you know, I- he wasn't feeling retirement. Maybe he just wasn't set on it. But, Andrew, I think there's one part of this that I discussed when Tom Brady originally retired that you didn't cover there. And that's the aspect of the way Brady's retirement actually was announced and and kind of played up in the press. Because uh, if you remember, Jeff Darlington, he just reported that Tom Brady was going to retire on a random Sunday morning. On just a random Sunday morning, it came out of nowhere. We were expecting a decision, but not that early. It came out. And immediately there were reports from Brady's camp denying it and also other reports saying that Brady was pissed, absolutely pissed about the way that it was reported because you could say that, you know, maybe it forced him to make a decision early. Maybe he was put in a, a position where he felt like he had to retire and, and and even though maybe he was leaning that way and then that just didn't sit well with him. I, I think that definitely played into this. I think Brady, there's part of Brady that's such a competitor. Like, we know he likes to... He's the Bobby Boucher of the NFL because he likes to look over on the other sideline, look look over on the other team, and find a reason to be competitive. And I think this is just that. I think he looked at Adam Schefter, he looked at Jeff Darlington, the people who who basically just, just released to the world that he was retiring before he had actually retired, and said... I'm gonna I'm gonna not only prove you wrong, but I'm gonna take a shot at your credibility while I do while I do it. So I think that's definitely playing a part into this. I totally do. I think there is a part of him that resents the way it was handled, the fact that he wasn't able to retire on his own time, essentially, that it wasn't his narrative. He wasn't controlling the narrative. And one thing we know about Tom Brady, one thing we know about Michael Jordan, one thing we know about the greats, even LeBron, all the greats in all in all these big sports in America. They want to be the ones to control their narrative. They don't want anyone else to because the second that happens, you hear a lot of people running their mouths about things they might not know. And I think that along with the fact that his division is up for grabs, the team is coming roaring back. They basically have the same Super Bowl team. Like Even if Gronk doesn't come back, they have most of the vast majority of the starters they did from their original Super Bowl team in 2020. So... They can run it back. They they can absolutely run it back. And that kind of goes into my next question. Do you think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they just have Tom Brady right now. We don't know what Gronk's situation is as of this recording, but what do you think about their chances of going back to a Super Bowl and maybe Tom Brady playing it out and going out with a championship? Oh, they're real. Oh, they're real. Dude, think about how close they were to beating the team that, ended up winning the Super Bowl, dude. They were right there. Like, they were right there. And I just think given how some of the things went down during the season with the whole Antonio Brown thing and everything like that, and, you know, the Godwin injury, like, that stuff kind of set them back, you know? Godwin's going to be – Godwin's going to come back. He's going to be healthy. They're still going to have Mike Evans and everything like that. They made it a point to, you know, they kept Jensen. Uh, They want to keep that O-line intact and everything like that. They still have, like, that run game. Uh, The defense is the defense and everything. So I really think that they're over here thinking, listen, you know what? Outside of that little hiccup and outside of a few injuries here and there, we stay healthy. They are – 
they're good enough that we've already seen it. They're they were good enough to go to the Super Bowl and win it. They're sitting up here like, hey, you know what? Godwin doesn't get injured, all that stuff. We we they could have been back. They could have been repeating. And he's probably sitting over here like, listen, maybe I have to be better in that game. Maybe I have to, you know, do a little bit more. But I, I their chances are legit. Like they, if you didn't see the odds, dude, they went from like plus twenty eight hundred to like plus seven fifty yeah. to or to to win the Super Bowl or something like that. Like that's swinging the needle. Like as Pat McAfee would say, that's swinging the needle. Their chances are legit, just as good as any favorite in the NFC right now to uh, win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I look, anyone who says like, first of all, you have to factor in the that Tom Brady, anyone who says he's not a needle mover, like you said, I think they're full of shit at this point. Like and and there's gonna there's gonna be a lot of people. I promise you, he's gonna be forty. Tom Brady's gonna be forty five. By the way, Tom Brady's gonna be forty five years old by the time the season comes around. And there's going to be a lot of Cliff Kellermans out there saying that. Oh, finally, this is the year where Tom Brady finally falls off the cliff, right? Like how many people are gonna? People are already saying that. Shannon Sharp's already saying that. But so all that aside. I don't care what anyone says. Until I see it, I'm not going to believe it with Tom Brady. The dude has had three Hall of Fame careers. His 20s, his 30s, and his 40s. Boom. I I will not believe that Tom Brady has fallen off a cliff until I see it. Therefore, he is a needle mover. He's one of the best quarterbacks of all time and one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now at the age of 45. That is a testament to him. That is a testament to his ability to work with what he has. Also, it's a testament to the team that that he has helped build around him. Like, let's not act like it's just Tom Brady. The players that he's put in place, that he's helped put in place, like it because they get to play with Tom Brady. That's actually a bit of a recruiting thing. Think about it. Like, Gronk came out of retirement to play with Tom Brady, and he was a very good situational player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the past few years. So, yes, they're a Super Bowl contender. On top of the cherry, on top of all of this, is the fact that they have the division right there. It, like they, th- wait, who like? There's not really anyone's gonna compete with them. Carolina Panthers. This might be Matt Rule's. Fi- I almost said Jaw Rule. This might be Matt Rule's final season in in Carolina because I don't really see the improvement as of right now for the Carolina Panthers. The Atlanta Falcons with Artie Smith and who knows what's going on with Matt Ryan. There's talk they they might be trying to get Deshaun Watson. Who knows what's oh, gonna yeah. happen with them? Oh. oh. Let me finish. I'm almost done. And then you have the New Orleans Saints who just cannot, cannot, not, not find a quarterback or find an answer at quarterback since Drew Brees retired. It was it was it was Jameis Winston. He gets injured. It's Trevor Simeon. He gets injured. Saints of Hill. He gets injured. Was it Ian Book? No, it wasn't. It was just it, it's just been a train wreck over there. And odds are they're probably not going to get the guy that they want. So. It's wide open for him. It's wide open for the Bucks. It's going to give him likely an easy, what is that, six wins a year, which even in a, which even in a 17-game season is nice. So I, I think it's the Bucks. It's the Bucks division. It might be the Bucks conference with Aaron Rodgers and company taking a step back. It really might be his conference. I mean, he might have won and looked at a schedule too, and he might have sat there and said, hey, you know what? I'm playing the NFC North this year. Like, he, he very easily – I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to think about the schedule. Dude, he might have looked at the schedule and been like, hey, I got, you know, I got my own division, which is, you know, the Saints are in cap hell. Um, I don't know what the hell is going on in Carolina. They're they're trying to – they're going to try to move off of Matt Ryan, which he, he has one less weapon as a result of uh, Calvin Ridley. There is that. 
Um, and then, hey, man, listen, if they have, like, I don't think they have, do they have the NFC? Did they play the NFC East last year? They might have. Because I do remember, I do remember Dallas playing uh, so, Tampa Bay. So, the, so next year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing the NFC West. And they're playing the AFC. Uh, the next year they're playing the AFC North as well. So they got some tough games. They definitely have some tough games in there. But that, but again, you're looking at some of these teams. You're looking at some of these teams, right? What's Arizona going to be a year uh, next year? What's Arizona going to be after a deflating loss? Kyler Murray's obviously upset. He what wants are, out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I what mean, outside. The, the, the Dallas Cowboys are like, look, every year, whenever the year after they make the playoffs, they never make the playoffs. They, they, something bad yep. happens. It, so that's likely going to happen. Steelers are starting over with Mitch Trubisky. You have the Browns who are thinking about getting rid of Baker Mayfield. They don't even know what they're doing over there. They got rid of Jarvis Landry because they thought Amari Cooper was was somehow a better answer, even though Jarvis Landry was probably a better fit uh, for that team. Again, I don't know. But look, needless to say... A lot of these teams, I would still take the Bucks over with, especially oh, yeah, if they have Tom Brady as a quarterback. They got their division. They got to play fucking Seattle. We don't know. I mean, Seattle. Seattle is basically rebuilding. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you hear Pete Carroll just announce his retirement within the next couple of weeks. At this point, he's not going to want to stick around for that. He's up there in age anyway. He's not going to want to sit there and have to go through that rebuild. I mean, outside of the LA Rams, think about it. If Jimmy G gets traded, dude, which a lot of people are saying, like it's very likely Jimmy G to the Colts. Uh, I still think Mike Lennon would be the right fit. But if uh, Jimmy G is and with the Colts and everything like that, I mean, Trey Lance, you know, he's probably sitting up there like, hey, he's unproven. And there's just that having to go up against Tom Brady. Tom Brady. It's – well, you know what? I like this because it gives Brady to go out the right way. Tennessee, we ended the Brady tenure in – we ended the Brady tenure in uh, New England, and now we have our we got our – we got our chance. When we meet them in the Super Bowl – when the Titans play the Bucs in the Super Bowl, we got our chance to send him out the right way, the way we sent him out in um, New England. You guys would have to find a way to to deal with playoff Tannehill. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you're going to get past those demons. That, like, those are some big demons to fight. Those are some big demons to fight. Playoff Tannehill. I saw that on, I saw that on Twitter. It was like, may God bless the Titans. And I, one dude has to chime I in wish. And go, and I wish. Satan said. Okay, I... I wish I had that 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 damn. Okay, I'm gonna do. I'm probably gonna clip this and put it in post. So boom, there it's gonna be there. That meme you sent, Andrew. That that meme you sent, or no, it wasn't a meme. It was a post of of Caleb Farley's Snapchat. Right, it was his story on Snap. And what was going on in this? Explain to the people what was going on in this. He's in the locker room, takes a picture from the locker room, and he's talking about God. He's talking about how this is the first step towards the Titans making their Super Bowl run and everything like that. And all glory to God. And then I look at one of the comments, and this motherfucker goes, and then Satan said, let there be playoff Tannehill. And I just – I was I was laughing and crying at the same time. Like, oh, my oh. – What I was so confused about was Caleb Farley – just posted a random pic, like like the caption. Okay, I get it, right? But Caleb Farley just posted a random picture of a empty basketball hoop, of empty locker room with a basketball hoop in it. I'm like, what the hell? What? <laughs> like, and then I remember you said it was like you said it's symbolism. I'm like, for what? 
<laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Maybe, maybe I think, I think it's symbolic of how his rehab is going that he, <laughs> he, he's, he's, he's getting his legs back under him and that slam he'll dunk. be able to dunk. He'll be able to dunk soon. Exactly. Cause his, his problem has been the knees, the ACL. I think it's, it's symbolism that he's got the, the legs are coming back. He's going to get his legs back under him. And pretty soon we're going to get that Caleb Farley, that six, two that runs as fast as Tyree killed. We're going to be getting that generational talent back. Well, if only he could cover Tyreek Hill, you guys would have one less problem. Anyway. Never had a chance. He never had a chance. He only played on. one game, and he Mo- got injured. Yeah. yeah. Story of your life, dude. Like, you guys can, can't – you guys should just not draft in the first round. Like, like the Titans should be banned from dra- – they should ban themselves from drafting in the first round. It just has not worked out for you in recent years. We're great at second rounders, though. Every second rounder we get ends up being a pro bowler since, yeah, like, every, 2015. And every, every single one of them. Every first rounder you get never plays. It, it's crazy, dude. It's it's I don't I don't get it. With the exception was, of Jeffrey who that, Simmons, who was that kid you you guys drafted that ended up in jail like, like just like a month after you got drafted or something? Uh, 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 Isaiah Wilson, that that kid, Isaiah Wilson. Uh, he he, I don't, I I what I he know, what I, was that for again? I, I, I he was injured. He didn't take football serious. He. He was trying to be a rapper after football ended and everything. After he got cut from, I think he got cut from the Dol. He got cut from us, and the Dolphins picked him up. Then he went to the Giants, and that failed. And I, f- I forgot what he went to. He he did something. Oh, he I, went I to the Giants. He went to the Giants, and then oh, he got arrested for like a DUI. And, yeah, oh, and he had oh, was. he had weed in his car, and he was oh, okay. So oh, and he was what is it? Attempt to elude an officer. Oh well, oof. I mean, look, I. We are great at second rounders, though. Christian Fulton, Christian Fulton, according to Pro Football Focus, was a top ten corner. We're great at second rounders. We got AJ Brown. That's... We got. I'm so sorry. I just saw what you guys traded him away for. He was the first round pick. He was the 29th overall pick in the 2020 draft. Mm-hmm. And the Tennessee Titans, just not even a year later, just like nine months later, mm-hmm. like literally the day the NFL offseason started, sent mm-hmm. Wilson. And a seventh round draft pick to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for a seventh round draft pick. Yep. Tragic. What year? Do you know what year? Do you remember what year? I'm trying to remember what year. That might have been this year, or it might have been. It was one of those seventh round picks. So you, so you guys sent uh, Wilson and a 2022 seventh round draft pick. So this year's draft pick to Miami Dolphins to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for a 2021 seventh round draft pick. But, again, we're talking was. semantics here. It was just seventh-round draft picks. Uh, I mean, I can tell you who you guys picked in the seventh round. Like, that's not that, – Was that Brady Breeze? It was – It was Was it a defensive player? Was it Brady Breeze? Or was it Was it Dez Fitzpatrick? Somebody. No, it wasn't Dez. Dez was – Was not Dez Fitzpatrick. Uh, Might have been Brady Breeze. So, the Tennessee Titans. Okay. They said, "Oh, oh yeah." So here we go. They got they they traded it away. <laughs> they traded it away to receive. Wow. Okay, so so yeah, this is when it gets got gets tangled in the web. You guys traded it away to trade up into the fourth round to I think pick uh, Des uh, Fitzpatrick. So it was either Des Fitzpatrick or the Rashad Weaver pick. It was one. Of I those don't think two. I think I think you guys had Rashad Weaver. Yeah, it was Des Fitzpatrick, one hundred nine overall. So basically, <laughs> basically, you guys traded in order. So here, here's the breakdown, Andrew, for, so for for your memory and the memory of everyone else listening. It was Wilson, 
It was a first round, the 29th overall pick, plus a fourth, fifth, and seventh for Fitzpatrick. And he barely saw the field this year. <laughs> you guys literally traded. Think about this. You guys basically traded an entire draft mm-hmm. to, get to get a practice squad <laughs> player. Yep. Oh, Andrew, I'm so sorry. <laughs> the misery you it's must that, be feeling. That fan base, I'm telling you, dude, to be a fan of that team in Nashville, it is, it's no people, one, people sit here, people sit here and they're like, oh, like it's, no, trust me, our highs are high, but they're not like the highest highs, but our lows, remember when we were the, remember, remember that span of like three years where we only won like four games? I do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. That was the, the, uh, that was the, where you guys went from Jake Locker to Rusty Smith to Zach Bettenberger. I remember those days. Those are, it was oh, fun. We had, we, we had the Titans like every year. And like every year, the Ravens would like set a, re- a team record for sacks oh, yeah. against the Titans. I think we even yeah. did that in the year with Marcus Mariota. We shut you guys out like 18. And it, here's the thing. It's, it wasn't even like we were good at the time. I think there was in 2017, we weren't a good team. But we shut you guys out, had like 10 sacks. But it was like one of those like eighteen to nothing shutouts where it's like the, our offense struggled just as much as almost as much as yours did. So we drafted Mariota. We drafted Mariota second overall, and then the next year had the number one overall pick that we traded. <laughs> we were the Jaguars. We were the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> hey man, Trevor Lawrence is gonna be a great backup in like four years for someone. He's gonna be a great backup somewhere. Um. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you wouldn't even call him a backup. Anyway, we, we're getting there. We go. You, you got your top Titan spotlight of the week. Um, USFL, USFL, sunshine of the USFL. Oh, dude, the USFL. Okay, now I gotta ask you now that you mentioned it, dude. Have you heard about this like controversy that's brewing between the USFL and the XFL? I like, heard about it. it they were hilarious. suing them for some, it's, right? Well, but, like the, the naming rights. Oh no 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 no. It's even it it's something. even no no no. That see what you're talking about is even stupider. The the old I don't know how this is happening. The old USFL is suing the new USFL. That's what that that that's what you're talking about. That that that's the 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 lawsuit that you're talking about. I don't understand. Look, okay, I don't genuinely don't understand how it's possible. But apparently, the ex owners, like the old owners who are still alive of the league that was around the 1980s, are suing. The current owners of this league, which begs me begs the question, how the hell did you secure the rights to the name if you didn't secure the rights to the name? Could I have started the USFL and made a boatload of money off of just hype? We could have. We could have. Real take we, hell. And then we could have rebranded a real take football. That man, okay, keep that keep that in the back. When the XFL goes hey. out of business next year, that's exactly what we're gonna do. Um but hey, if that don't work, we could always start the we could always start the um we could always start this competitive paper football league. We could always do that too. We'll talk offline about that. Um mm-hmm. but no no so basically that's the gist. I mean well actually I didn't even tell you about the XFL. So the so the you know how the XFL announced like it's coming back in twenty twenty three. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is one of the the owners and Basically, the, the XFL has an agreement now with the NFL where they are going to be basically the test league for the NFL, uh, almost a feeder league, actually, 
where it's like the XFL is going like to test out a new leagues. rule. Yeah, yeah. In a way, like it's actually like I think a good system to have. The NFL should have a system like that. Because but it's because can't they sign guys? I think they can sign guys from the XFL. Like they could just straight up just like yeah, like on a random yeah, Wednesday. But, just... Well, well, uh, no, not directly. They I think they have to wait until the regular. I think or, it's at least the regular or, season's over. Or purchase his contract or something. It might yeah, have to be something it, like it, that. it's yeah. something like that. Something like that. But either way, the XFL has a working agreement with the NFL where they're going to be testing rules, where there's going to be some sort of access to players, like you said, um, which I think is dope. I think the I think there's a lot that the NFL can learn from the XFL, uh, whether it's the kickoff thing. I love the kickoff thing in the XFL. You remember that? It was like. It, it like it, it was like, instead of a fourth and fi- instead of like a kickoff it was or an onside kick it would be a fourth and fifteen I'm like that's so much better um and then you got the the layered what I really liked was the layered like extra points like the you had the two point conversion from like the the five yard line and then like a ten like a three point conversion a four point conversion I'm like that makes the game so much more interesting so much more competitive so. Like I, I love it. I love that, and I think the NFL should actually incorporate some of those things and test those things out. Um, but anyway, so the XFL said, or sorry, the USFL said, "Hey, <laughs> what the fuck?" Basically, and we're like, "What's going on here? We're starting up this year. We're we're playing all our games in Birmingham, Alabama, because we can't afford. Literally, USFL is playing all their games in Birmingham, Alabama, because they can't afford to play anywhere else." So the the Birmingham's uh, whatever they are, they're gonna have a lot of they're they're gonna have home field advantage throughout the entire season. Um, Ultimate, yeah. But anyway, so they're mad right now at the XFL. So what they're doing is now they're adding options or or they're they're reinforcing the options that are in the players' contract. And there's like talk that the that a lot of USFL players are just gonna be like kept for the sake of keeping them. Instead, it's just so the XFL doesn't have a larger player pool to pick from, which I find completely stupid and silly. Because I'm like, dog, there's there's players coming out every year from college. There's always players that are going to be out there. And on top of that, you're telling me USFL teams are going to keep players that they don't need to keep that might not actually be good for their team instead of going out and seeking better players. That's a dumb business strategy. It's a dumb football strategy. I, I yeah, I agree. All I know is two things that you one thing that you said with the kickoff the greatest thing they ever did in the xfl god the old was the og the og xfl (laughs) which was we're gonna put the ball 20 yards away and you both are going to uh basically die for that loose ball i think that was the best and the other one was i remember the meme Oh, they announced the USFL and Jeff Fisher was a coach and people, I was like, he's got that seven and nine. (laughs) I died. I'm like, Oh my God. I know it was a move to get credibility, which look hiring Jeff Fisher shouldn't make your league less credible, right? The dude's been an NFL coach for 25 years, whatever the dudes went to a Super Bowl, (laughs) and he's like fine coach, right? But he's Jeff Fisher, so it's like immediately yeah. when they when they hired him, that the entire league just became a joke. Like literally, it was because you literally hired the poster child of mediocrity out yeah. of any, any coach ever. That's he's the poster child for mediocrity, and of course he had to be the coach of my fucking team. Oh my god, dude! I the, dude, dude, I cannot wait for these USFL stream like. There's going to be, like, here's the thing. I think the USFL is rushing things. I genuinely do. 
this is going to be some fun, bad football. I, I want the lead to succeed, don't get me wrong, but this is going to be some fun, bad football that the USFL is about to put out. Are they going to have to deal with the old uh, the OG XFL did, which is basically like give out free tickets, like give out vouchers for people to go to games and shit? No, Dude, man, the, no. Dude, the OG XFL was the funniest shit ever. I th- okay, dude. One of these days, we gotta do a stream of that because I remember, dude. We watched like like on a random like entire game, s- a random Saturday night. Instead of going out, we decided to sit back and watch an entire the entire inaugural game of the XFL in two thousand and one, and we were just enamored by like, look, look. Everything. Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon said that he's gonna bring fun back. He's going to make it violent and extreme. He was right. I'm not condoning it, but he was right. He, he accomplished exactly what he set out for. Hey. His goal was not to make a profitable league. It was to make it was just to basically like make them gladiators and hit each other in the head and give them CTE. I will tell you what. I will tell you what. They did ratings. Those were ratings. Yeah, I guarantee you they were they were definitely telling people like the quarterbacks. They were definitely telling them like, hey, man, listen, like we're going to allow late hits. We're gonna allow all this shit. It's like, listen, we need ratings. So if 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 he rolls over on your ankle and shit yeah. after he sacks you, uh, we need ratings. We we we're not gonna throw the flag. We're we gotta let it run. If you catch the ball and run out of bounds, and after you run out of bounds, a dude comes over and levels you, we need ratings. My favorite thing though about like the XFL, it's like, look, they they got rid of like the violent rules and all that, and the and the. The dumb, the stupidity of that kickoff, like the the the, the or the coin toss, the, the, the scramble, ball, the, loose the, the loose ball scramble, dumbest. Okay, that's like actually the dumbest thing. It was entertaining as fuck, but it was dumb. But <laughs> I love how they kept to their roots when they came back in 2020. <laughs> you all right there? Yeah. I love how they kept to their roots when they came back in 2020, and they stuck to those on the field interviews. The quarterback throws a pick. <laughs> And Pat McAfee's in there, microphone in hand. Hey, so what you think about that pick? <laughs> it was like, so great. It's so great. All we need, man, like, look, I don't care what anyone says. We need Rod Smart. We need him to come back. I want him to be the Chris Collinsworth. Sunday night football in the XFL, Rod Smart needs to be calling those games. I don't care what anyone yes. says. Like, yes. he, he hate me. He, he hate me, dog. He hate me. Legend. That's a, he's an XFL legend. If they were going to have Throw an XFL the X. Hall of Fame, the X. He's, he is the first dude. He is the first dude that you put in the XFL Hall of Fame. The face of the OG XFL is Rod Smart. He hate me. I, uh, dude, dude, look, I will start the XFL Hall of Fame. Like, just to induct him. That man is an le- absolute legend. Should have been, should have been an NFL, in the NFL for longer than he was, but. He hate me, dog. He hate me. Anyway, oh man, I, I'm on sure. the NFL free agency. Man, my we, favorite, we, my favorite love, part of the season. I love dude. that. We just spent 20 minutes talking about football that wasn't the NFL, and now we get to talk about NFL free agency. <laughs> yeah, let's go, oh. baby. NFL well, you get these free dudes, agency, man. It, you get these dudes. You get these dudes that never took a single snap in the NFL, and they get paid a lot of money to give out a lot of money. They get paid a lot of money. To spend a lot of somebody else's money. Let's get into it. Let's get into it right now. NFL free agency is kicking off as we speak, and there's already been some insane moves. 
as of late. We got Teddy Bridgewater signing with the Miami Dolphins, quarterback, cornerback J.C. Jackson uh, signing with the formerly known as the San Diego Chargers, Carlton Davis staying in Tampa Bay, Jaguars signing Brandon Scherf, Marcus Williams signing with my Baltimore Ravens, which I will rant about in just a little bit. Randy Gregory going to Dallas, or sorry, going to Denver, not Dallas, which we'll talk Spurn. about twice on this Spurn show. Dallas. And Christian Kirk, which I thought, I, I didn't understand this move at all. Christian Kirk going to the Jaguars, four years, $84 million. We'll talk about that. And Mr. Trubisky is, by the way, Mr. Trubisky going to the the. Steelers, we'll talk about that as well. So much to talk about. Ryan Jensen coming back to Tampa Bay. That's just a few of the moves, Andrew. Andrew, a lot of moves have been made. A lot of moves still to be made. A lot of trades to still happen. What's the hey, one you move? Left, you, left, you left a big one out, by the way. This is the one I'm going to bring up. Oh, okay. Well, why don't you just bring it up? Roger Saffold to Buffalo. What did you think about that move? Um, That was a personal. That was personal. He felt like um, we he gave a lot. I loved Roger Saffold. We got him. Um, we we got him from uh, from the Rams, I think, after they made a Super Bowl run. We bought him in and everything like that. Paid him. He got a bag. the 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 Bills that that one was that one was personal. I think um, great great addition, by the way. Great 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 offensive lineman. Great guard and everything like that. Um, I, I just think that that move was personal. Uh, but the Randy Gregory one's another one. The Randy Gregory one, I think. Yeah, why don't you just like talk about that a little bit? Because we'll talk about what it means for Denver in a second. But Randy Gregory pulled a he literally, you know what he did? You know what Randy Gregory did? Randy Gregory pulled uh DeAndre Jordan on the Dallas uh Cowboys because didn't DeAndre Jordan do this with didn't he do it to the Dallas Mavericks where he agreed? He agreed to a contract. Mark Cuban was happy as hell. Jerry Jones probably sitting at home. Oh, we just got a winner. Oh, man, Randy Gregory, he's like a son to me. Because everyone's a son to Jerry Jones. But Randy Gregory, he's he's agreed in principle to a contract with to stay in Dallas. And then the last minute, he gets a better deal. And he's like, hey, I'm going to Denver, baby. We're going. I'm, I'm following Russ. He spurned the Dallas Cowboys, a la DeAndre Jordan. What do you think about this, Andrew? I think it was funny as hell because he basically was like, he basically told that team, you know, Dak, Zeke, that's secondary, Trevon Diggs. Uh, I would say Coop, but Coop's gone. He basically just told that whole team, just, just put up a big middle finger to them and just said, you know what? I'm going to decline the contract from you in the weaker division, which Dallas is Dallas, you know, 100% I, I'm the weaker not gonna, division. In the weaker division, he goes, I am going to go sign with that fucking juggernaut in the AFC West where I'm going to have to compete against Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to have to compete against Derek Carr, and I'm going to have to compete against Brandon Staley, his analytics, and Justin Herbert. And he was basically like, I am going to go out there. I'm going to take the money. Yes, I will be probably next to Von Miller and across from Bradley Chubb. I would rather go out there and, you know, potentially not even make the playoffs than go take Jerry's money and play in the weaker division. I think that's hilarious. It just it just shows you it just shows you like the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys will always be the Dallas Cowboys. They're like the New York Knicks biggest name in the entire fucking league. But at the end of the day. 
what does it amount to? Nothing. Yeah, nothing for just 30 for the past 30 years. Nothing. I mean, it, it, it like this is just it, it, it's ridiculous. And look, this is for, for Cowboys fans. Should you be worried about this? Yes, this is a bad omen for your season. Because I, I said there's a curse on this team. This team does not make the playoffs back-to-back years like this. They, they, they don't do it. It's not going to happen. Anyone who tells you it's going to happen, it's not going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to win the NFC East. I can tell you one thing, though. Washington, not... baby. Washington, baby. It Washington, last time Washington. It might be. I don't know. Hey, New York. Last hey, time Washington hey, had hey, a hey. name change. Last time Washington had a name change that's in one division. <laughs> hey, man. That's... There we and go. And they just brought in Commander Carson. Oh, my God. For way too What do you think about that trade? Two third-round picks. Two third-round picks for Carson Wentz. On top of that, Washington's taking his salary. When you got Mitch Trubisky going for seven million a year, Teddy Bridgewater going for like six million a year, uh, and and you still have people like like uh, Jimmy G out there. You still have other free agents. Is John Watson still available? I mean, this, dude, this move like it is is not even been like a week, and this move's already looking like oof. What do we? What do you even he's say got, to that? He's got scary Terry. He's got, uh, you know, Gibson. Scary Terry in his four. He's got four three in his four three. Yes, he does have Gibson uh, and uh, Chase Young. Remember, Chase Young is a stud. He now is. they did. I mean, they've they've got some names, and that is the weakest division in the entire. I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to. I, I don't even know if I could say. I mean, it is a weak division, but I mean, fucking a, dude. They Carson Wentz literally had seven Pro Bowlers and lost to Jacksonville to miss the playoffs. So, but Hey, you know what? It's new. It's new Carson. He gets to start over. He gets to start over in a brand new place with Ron Rivera as his coach. He's got chase young on the other side. He's got Gibson. He's got scary Terry. You don't know who they're going to take in this draft and everything like that. I'm taking the Washington commanders. Last time Washington had a name change. They went and won the division. Remember, the Giants suck. The Cowboys are the Cowboys. I do not trust Sirianni. And that running back he's got playing quarterback, take a Washington. You heard it here first. Washington is going to win the NFC East. They might have a losing record, but they're going to win the NFC East. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Could you imagine that? It's like instead of having a 7-9 and nine team, we got like a, what is it, 8-9, a 7-10 and 10 team perhaps making the, uh, making they, the playoffs? They, they might. They, they they might be they, they they we got we might have a six and eleven team making the playoffs too. They they might be six and eleven. I mean six ten and one. Think about it. Six ten and one. I think about it, dude. They I, they they play the NFC. I think they play the AFC. They play the AFC South this year. So they're gonna lose. I mean, we're gonna we're they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose to Tennessee. All those teams are gonna lose to Tennessee. Indy. I I, I don't know. I I mean, with. As long as Indy gets a quarterback that doesn't check out of runs, which could be anybody, I just want to say Mike Lennon, Mike Lennon, um, Deshaun Watson's going to be out. Um, I'm telling you, I, I I really think I really think Washington is going to win that. I really think Washington is going to win that that division. They could have taken that money, signed Teddy Bridgewater, had the same exact thing, d- done the same exact thing that they're probably probably better, more efficiently than Carson Wentz is about to do it. And but but they're getting they're getting a guy who literally has the mentality of their stadium. We're scoring a fucking touchdown. No, we are scoring has, a fucking touchdown Carson on Wentz, every fucking play. Carson Wentz has the men- mentality of FedEx Field. Broken down, 
watered down, and an accident waiting to happen every single time there's a game. Tell you what, he is not going to take that safety, though. He is not going to take that fucking safety. As we've learned, Carson Wentz, yeah. Yeah. Carson Wentz will not take that fucking safety. He, he don't care if he has to put it in his left hand and shot put it to the fucking corner standing at the two-yard line. He will do it. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to sit here, give them two points, and then give them a chance to come back and score another seven, give them nine. I'll give them seven right now, and then we'll go get that seven back. Game manager. Very, game, very game manager, dude. He's <laughs> game manager. What do you mean, game manager? The dude, no, the dude literally throws games away. He literally throws them away. Did you watch Week it. 18 in the NFL last season? I did, but think about it. If he if he takes the sack, if he takes the sack in the end zone, that's two points. Two points, and they get the ball back. Now they can come down and they can score. So now that's a potential nine-point swing. Instead, he thinks in his mind, I'll throw the pick six, give them seven, but that way we get the ball back and we can go get that seven back. It's it's actually genius when you really think about it. Andrew, a few days ago, you were talking to me, and you were telling me that, you can never have too many cornerbacks. And okay. apparently, apparently the Ravens heard you and they actually they actually extended that to mean defensive backs because the Baltimore Ravens made a splash in free agency signing now former Saints safety Marcus Williams 5 years 70 million dollars. Look, I'm not saying that it's a bad bargain i'm not saying that you know he's a necessarily a bad player or, or what have you. he's a good player he's just all safety but you're gonna go out and spend 70 million dollars you're gonna go out and, and, and give someone a bag where's the effort where's the effort to go get honey badger get me honey badger we know he's not staying with the Kansas City Chiefs. They already got their their his replacement in Eric Reed. He's gone. He's gone. But you're telling me you can't even attempt to get Honey Badger? I don't care what anyone says. Honey Badger, by being on that field, made that Chiefs defense, which is garbage for the first like half of the season. He made him better. Oh, no. They were garbage the whole season. But he made them better. But he, but he was the difference. He was the difference. He He... I mean, look, that playoff game against the Bills was standing. But, but no, in all seriousness, I would Daniel rather Sons. have any. No, he, he, will, he will hit that, that tight end in the middle of the field. That's about all he'll do. Um, mm-hmm. But he'll make that big tackle in the middle, middle of the field. Nothing else. Um, but, no, Marcus Williams of the Ravens. I Look, the Ravens are a team. I, don't, I think this is kind of unnecessary. I'm not going to lie to you. Big money safeties and free agency recently have not worked out for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, as well as you, I, I, they honestly would want to. Tony Jefferson fizzled out a little bit. Earl Thomas, Super Mario Bros. I don't even know what to say. Um, he, uh, he's fizzled out, obviously. So I mean, like, I'm kind of hesitant to do that unless it's a really, really good proven guy like uh, Tyron Matthew. Because if that's not going to happen, I would have much rather kept Deshaun Elliott. I would have much rather had them. Maybe take someone in the draft. If you're the Baltimore Ravens, you can't draft anyone. But but like going out and get again Marcus Williams. And look, look, do I have do I still hold something against him? Like, not even personally, because I wasn't invested in that game, really. But do 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 
there's always going to be that thing. It's kind of like the Raheem Moore effect with Marcus Williams, except worse. I think Marcus Williams' blunder was actually worse than a Raheem Moore blunder. Because, man, dig sideline touchdown, the Minneapolis miracle. That man will forever be memed for that. And I'm telling you, dude, what, it will take one blown coverage. One blown coverage from that man this season, I'm losing it. I'm losing it. $70 million, Andrew. $70 million. You could have went and got Damon Arnett, and you could have traded for Eli Apple. All right, now. Could have gotten Damon Arnett, could have signed Henry Ruggs to a futures contract. Um, and got Eli Apple. Oh, no. I don't want Eli Apple. Oh, yeah, yeah, so he can so he can just talk shit for, like, in two years when he's released. You're, you're damn right. Yeah, I mean, Eli Apple. Like, look, I'm not saying he wasn't. Look, he made some plays. He made some plays, but come on. Oh, he like, did. <laughs> I love it. I love the automatic denial of Eli Apple. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Um, no, he didn't. Dude, why do you think the Giants got rid of him? He couldn't cover nobody. Why do you think the Saints got rid of him? Couldn't cover nobody. Why do you, why do you, why do you think the Bengals lost? Because he couldn't cover nobody. That's fair. That's actually fair. <laughs> One thing the Bengals did do that I liked was keeping BJ Hill. I, I think that that was a really good move on their part. Uh, he's a really good, he's a really good player for them. Braxton Berrios, by the way. Big shout out to Braxton Berrios for getting, you know, he didn't get a bag, but he got he got a he got a pretty sizable bag for a player of his stature. Uh, Braxton Berrios, right? Yeah, stay with the Jets. Two years, twelve million dollars. Hey man, that's twelve million dollars. Take that, Braxton. Take that to the bank, Braxton Berrios. I mean, also by the way, Braxton Berrios. I want to say this has some of his best games with Joe Flacco, Jersey Joe playing uh playing quarterback for the New York Jets. Yo, Jets should bring Joe Flacco back. Like, you might as well. Like, like what's the worst that could happen? Zach Wilson gets injured or he sucks, and you just start Joe Flacco. I think they should go bring Sky Cam, but he can't play everywhere. Sky I am Cam? A big, I am a big fan of the Sky Cam, dude. I am who's, a, I who's, want the, I who's want, Sky Cam? Sky Cam, uh, Sky Cam um, uh, uh, Mike Glennon. Sky Cam Glennon. Oh, my God, dude. You're still on this? You're still on Mike oh, Glennon? Oh, yeah. I, I, I want Mike Glennon in Indy. I, I, I think Mike Glennon would be a great Steeler. I think Mike Glennon would be a great New York Jet. He was a great Giant. Skycam will get you. Skycam sees all. This, this, man, I, I, I just utterly I, – I can't believe it. I just can't believe it, man. I just – This is what something, though. This is something, though, that we didn't talk on. about. We got we to gotta move on because, man, the – it's just one of those days. We got to move on. Andrew, this is something to talk about. You're damn right this is something to talk about because Gardner Minshew, no, all these quarterbacks, we're talking about all these quarterbacks, right? We're talking about all these quarterbacks. We're talking about Jimmy G. We're talking about Teddy Bridgewater's getting mentioned. We're talking about all these quarterbacks, Carson Wentz, the the Kirk Cousins getting a third fully guaranteed contract, which is just atrocious. And no one, no one is mentioning the name of the most underrated player in professional football right now, period. Say his name with me. Gardner, Gardner Flint, Flint Minshew II. Look at this man. The Minshew mania has been running wild for three years in the NFL. 41 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 8-14 record. 
That one year on the Jags was pretty bad for that whole team, but he was actually pretty solid. Nearly 6,000 yards passing in his career. They did Again, beat the Colts. They did, they beat, did the beat the Colts. They did beat the we Colts. We won. Look, I look. I understand there's questions about, oh, is his arm strong? I understand there's questions about, oh, is he maybe like, you know, does he have the mobility? Well, we're not asking those same questions about Teddy Bridgewater. We're not asking those same questions about a guy like Jimmy G. He's, like, we know he doesn't have the strongest arm. That's the, we're not asking the same question about Mr. Trubisky. And this guy comes in, should have won rookie of the year his first year. I stand by that. I will till the day I die. Should have won it over Kyler Murray. And then goes on to put up 41 touchdowns, 12 interceptions in his first 22 starts in the NFL. That's not chump change. That's not just, that's a garbage time. Everyone wants to say garbage time. The Jaguars are actually competitive. He was one of the only reasons they were actually in some of those games. Andrew, you can attest. You're a Titans fan. You can attest to that. I mean, there's me off. They used to give me fucking anxiety watching those games. It's absolutely. Now, we 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 didn't play defense before 2021, but still, it's absolutely insane, bro. It is 100% insane. I Gardner Minshew should be mentioned. He should be mentioned. The fact that he's not mentioned is 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 insane to me. He should be mentioned when you were talking about big free agent landing spots, big free agent targets for quarterbacks. Because the uh. dude, all he does is is be productive. All he does is show that he can play, prove that he can play, prove that he can be a leader of men. The like All the players he plays with, they love him. They love him because the dude is a hype machine. He's exactly what you want in a young leader. The, the I mean, I, I could go on and on, obviously, but Andrew, look, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of places, right? There's a bunch of places that he could possibly land. There's a bunch of places still looking for a quarterback. What's a place that should honestly take a shot at Gardner Minshew if they strike out on someone else? I think the Colts. Definitely. You always think the Colts. <laughs> I, I just, I just. What? No, a legitimate one that I'm actually thinking about. Like this recently just like came to me <laughs> when it came to Minshew was um, he went to Washington State, dude, uh, Seattle. I'm thinking Seattle needs a quarterback. Minshew can at least weather the storm for them. Minshew could win them some games. I think, obviously, you know, the Rams run that division. But Minshew, get him back in the Pacific Northwest. Um, that's that. That's a team. I mean, uh, these quarterbacks are dropping like flies. Like, they're, they're all picking places and everything like that. You know, maybe New Orleans, if they can ever get out of cap hell, they could potentially make a, sh- like, make a move, go get uh, Minshew. I mean – Honestly, dude, any place that needs a quarterback, I think Minshew could be a viable option, not just as like maybe a backup where he probably would, but there's, there's these quarterbacks coming out in the draft, for example, right? Because this is a very weak draft. There's a very weak draft we have this year. Name me a quarterback, a, a projected first round pick. Well, of those top five that we named, name me a quarterback that you think coming out this year that you think you would start over Gardner Minshew because None these guys them. that are coming out this year, None of these them. guys that are coming out this year, the Malik Willis's, the Kenny Pickett's, the, uh, the Sam Howell's, the Matt Corral's, all those guys, even the Desmond Ritters and everything. Some of those guys are three of them could be first rounders. Do you, and a first rounder means he's probably going to come in, sit his first year, maybe play here and there. And potentially do you, would, would you take any of those guys over Minshew? I wouldn't. That's Not why I chance. think a team, 
a team that may be picking high, you know, whether it's the Giants, whether it's um, whether it's you know Seattle doesn't have oh Seattle did get picks from uh, from the Russell Wilson trade, but I think one of those teams should take a legitimate chance, whether it's Seattle, whether it's the Giants, even the Jets. Hell, I would I would not wish Houston on him. I really would not wish Houston on him, but. Those are just some teams. Those are just some teams. Hell, even if see, even if uh, Atlanta decides to move off of Matty Ice, I think Gardner Minshew, Gardner Flint Minshew, would be a great. I mean, look at that mustache, dude. Great mustache. Look, great mustache. I, you said something there, and and I, I think I do see Gardner Minshew ending up in the NFC South. I think at the end of the day, New Orleans is going to strike out on all the guys that they want. I, I don't, don't think money. they don't have money. They. they They've moved shit around, and they're still, like, negative six. Andrew, like, Andrew the they don't have money, but they do have six-round picks because apparently that's the value of Gardner Minshew in the NFL. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. You got Carson Wentz going for two third-round picks. Carson Wentz going for two third-round picks. Gardner Minshew going for a six-round pick. But, hey, that's the market. If that's the market, New Orleans, you got a shot. You got a shot at getting a guy who's not going to get injured, who's not going to turn the ball over, who's going to make plays, who's going to rally your team, who's going to actually hype your team up, who's actually knows how to play in the NFL, who knows how to play in bad teams in the NFL. So even if people get injured, he can weather the storm to an extent. And he's only 25 years old. He's a young buck. He's got so much to learn. First 22 starts in the league. 41 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. What have you got to lose? You're telling me Ian Book is better than this dude? You're telling me, you're telling me, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Trevor Simeon? Trevor, who the hell is Trevor Simeon? Is better than Gardner Flint Minshew the second? No. No. Come on. Grow a pair. Make it happen. Gardner Minshew, MVP 2022. I mean, but, like, on the real, dude, like, I was really just going back to that point I made. Like, you know, even though this is not, like, a strong quarterback class and everything like that, like, he's obviously, you know, you're not going to trade a first-rounder. But, I mean, if you're going to take a guy, like, dude, Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett's projected to be the first kid taken off the board. He's, like, 23, 24. He's not that much – he's not that much younger than this guy who has, like, a lot of NFL experience who, yes, he has done a lot of losing, most of that in Clowntown, Jacksonville – but at the same time, you know, he's been there. He's done that. He's battle tested and everything like that. Look at the stats, dude. 41 interceptions or 41 uh, touchdowns to like 12 interceptions or something like that. Like that's a, that's not a last stat year, line that a guy on last, a bad hey, team. Anyone, anyone want to say, oh, what has he done lately? Last year, he had two starts last year. He went one on one in those starts, four touchdowns, one pick. Threw for like, get, get, come on, come on. He just, exactly. bare minimum, bare minimum. He's Alex Smith. Like I'm like I I genuinely believe bare minimum he is Alex Smith and even if he is Alex Smith that's a whole hell of a lot better than some of these quarterbacks out there. Honestly, I think one of the I, yeah dude I mean I'm with you I think one of these teams should take it to, hell man if, if if he's worth a sixth or a seventh round pick fuck it I think J Rob should get on the phone right now why not they should call they should they should call they should call the Eagles and get him back in the get him back in the AFC South. Just get him back in the AFC South. I, uh, you, I think- you might be able to. You actually might be able to swindle something from him. Like if you, you, you might be able to get like a second round pick for that. We might be able to. Like, like, like. I don't know. We don't have a second round right. pick this year. We don't have yeah. a second round pick this year. Aspirations, Andrew. There we go. There we go. 
Uh, let, well, guys, let us know what you guys think about Gardner Minshew, NFL free agency, and all that stuff. Hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review. And also hit that follow button as well as we move on. From Gardner Minshew, our Minshew moment, which, uh, you know, I, I like that. I like that we did the, the Minshew moment I, again. I do like. I miss the Minshew moments. We, sh- we should do more of those because they oh, actually yeah. are like. We, we will do. And, and I, so, I will, dude, we will we will single-handedly get this man a job again because we did it with the Eagles. Minshew moment. We just started we talking. We started moment. talking about it until he, until he got traded. And, and those are some of the best videos on the channel. So, there you go. Gardner Minshew. And this is all from the heart. This is like no, like I'm not playing it up. I genuinely don't understand it. Maybe I'm a dumb football fan, but a guy who does that should deserves to be at least be competing for a starting job and not the third string quarterback behind Joe Flacco and Jalen Hurts on the Eagles. Like, come on. And you saw the you saw the stats, man. I mean, the facts are the facts. Are the facts. Are the facts. I'm just saying, like, like he went six and six his first year in Jacksonville, twenty one touchdowns, six picks. He should have won. I don't care what anyone says about Kyler Murray, he had a better season than Kyler Murray's rookie year. That's just facts. Fight me on that. Mighty Mouse, Mighty Mighty Mouse might be the next quarterback of the Browns, by the way. But oh, well, we'll talk about that quarterback for the Browns. We'll talk about a lot more coming up. One of these quarterbacks we're, we're going to be talking about is Mitchell Trubisky, former third overall pick. Was he third or second? I think it was second. No, what year was that? Was that, that was the 20- Chase Young draft? That was that right? That was the Chase Young? No, that's twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. No, twenty seventeen. Seventeen. He might have been second. I think he was second. Man, the Chicago Bears are smart, but Ryan Pace, he deserves some sort of award for what he did in Chicago, doesn't he? Anyway. Former Chicago Bear legend, Mitch Trubisky. He's uh, he got. We thought he was gonna get paid. We talked about this last week. the 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 value market, the high end market for Mr. Trubisky, was gonna be about uh, ten million dollars a year. Well, ended up being slightly under that. Pittsburgh Steelers nabbed the uh, apparently the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger with Mitch Trubisky. Pittsburgh Steelers have signed Mr. Trubisky to a two year, fourteen point two five million dollar deal worth up to twenty seven million with incentives per NFL Network. Pro Bowler in 2018 was was drafted by the Bears in the first round of the 2017 draft. Trubisky presents a formidable challenge to Mason Rudolph in the upcoming battle to be Big Ben's successor. I don't believe that's going to be that formidable. It's Mason Rudolph. He's likely going to be the starter unless something catastrophic happens. Andrew, what do we think of this move? Is he slash can he be the long-term answer that the Pittsburgh Steelers need? Um, I mean, I don't really know where else I, well, we know where else they could have went, but I mean, I, I guess, I guess they see something like he was a second overall pick and everything like that. Uh, obviously, you know, he did not, him and Nagy were not the best of friends and everything like that. And despite they, I think, didn't they make the playoffs though? Didn't they make the playoffs as rookie year or something like that? I think they, they did. They, they made the playoffs in 2018 and 2020. With, with this man as the, with this man under center. Yeah, he actually played an instrumental role, especially in the 2020 season. He like he, he it was he was the difference at the end of the day. So they're they're getting that uh, a great 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 contract and everything. I just I think they're when they look at him, they think that you know the talent is probably there and everything. They think Tomlin might be able to coach him up, and I mean it is the Steelers have 
what they've only had like what like four quarterbacks ever or something like that like or, I, I say that like i say that jokingly because it seems like the steelers never really move on from anybody because every time they have a guy it's like that's the guy for like 20 i mean years, yeah, yeah like. that whole thing that whole thing of like oh the steelers have only had like four quarterbacks okay yeah so like long-term starters but you also got to remember they had like four quarter. They always had four quarterbacks on the roster because Big Ben was always always going to get hurt for a few games, right? Uh, right. Like, yeah, so, so they always had an extra uh, few QBs laying around. Like Charlie Batts got some stats starts in there. Dennis Dixon back in the day got some starts for the Steelers. I mean Mason Rudolph, the Red Nose Reindeer, he did a thing. But I mean, in all honesty, I mean, I do like this. I do like this pickup for them. It's um, it's a. I'm look at that contract, dude. It's kind of like a. It's a low risk, high reward. Like especially for a former number two overall pick, it's a low risk, high reward. Um, I don't know if the second year is guaranteed. I think the first year might be guaranteed. I don't know if it's a fully guaranteed contract. So, uh, it's a very low risk, high reward. And you know, they're probably they're still going to have a draft pick. They could swing on a guy like Kenny Pickett, like the the quarterbacks coming out of this draft and everything. He could sit behind Trubisky for a year and everything, learn the system and everything like that. And let's say Trubisky does pop and everything, like you know, we could have a Tannehill situation. We could we could have a Tannehill situation where you know bring in a guy not expected to really do much next thing you know they're in the playoffs you know just catches lightning in a bottle and then he's your long-term guy we could have a situation like this with Trubisky so I do like the move though it's a very low risk high reward type move for the Steelers yeah I agree I mean look we have someone in the chat saying that no way Mitch is going to be the starter it's his job to lose like honestly if we're being honest it's his job to lose. Mitch Trubisky proved in Chicago. I know there's a lot of people who like to hate on Mitch Trubisky. And, like, I got caught up in that a little bit, too. I'm not going to lie to you guys. But when you look back at it, or even when, when, when I was, like, analyzing it, like, during a show one day, I was, like, literally doing analysis on this. And I was like, wait a minute. Trubisky, when Trubisky plays, they tend to win. When Nick Foles plays, they tend to lose. Why is that? The problem was never Mitch, necessarily Mr. Trubisky. Yes, he had a he had a ceiling. Like here's the thing about Mr. Trubisky that I think gets twisted in all this. He had a ceiling, and he should never have been drafted as high as he was. He will always be known as the guy who was picked before Deshaun Watson, before Patrick Mahomes. That is going to be his legacy. That is also going to be um, the legacy of of Pace, Nagy, and the crew over there in Chicago. But, 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 Mitch, that doesn't mean inherently that Mitch Trubisky is a bad quarterback. That doesn't necessarily mean that Mitch Trubisky can't play in the NFL. That doesn't mean Mitch Trubisky can't start in the NFL. It just means he's... Ten, like he's like, like he's a decent quarter. He's a slightly above average quarterback. That's what Mr. Bisky is. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you know, and given his track record and everything like that, you know, he's kind of like along the lines of like Daniel Jones is another one, dude. It's like should not have been drafted as high as he was, but he was and everything. And this guy has had a lot more success than Daniel Jones has had. And, and I, I mean, the Giants organization is a crapshoot, let's be honest, especially the last couple of years. But, I mean, let's not sit here and act like, you know, he doesn't have guys around him. He's got weapons. Like, Daniel Jones has had weapons around him outside of an O-line. He has weapons around him. That defense was one of the most formidable defenses in the entire NFL last year. Saquon can't stay healthy. But even then, you know, that run – they're really not – their offense is not predicated on the run game, especially since their O-line really doesn't exist. So, let's not sit here and act like this guy is a complete scrub. Like, you know, yes, obviously he was drafted higher than he should should have been and that will forever be his legacy with guys that get drafted higher than they should have been but 
but let's not sit here and act like he didn't have any success. Guy made the playoffs twice and he was instrumental in that second time that they made the playoffs and everything. So like I said, very low risk, high reward type player. They could still draft a quarterback. They could have a three-way race between him, Mason Rudolph, and whoever they draft and everything like that. Though I do think Trubisky should be the starter, just given his track record. And we will end up seeing what happens, whether he it's his job to lose, right? Whether he ends up losing the job, whether he ends up keeping the job. Listen, when we traded for Tannehill, we never thought Ryan Tannehill would ever see the field. Lo and behold, that same year made the change. AFC championship. We've won the division every year since then. Do I think he deserved that contract? The jury's still out on that because this is the make or break year for him, but we could have a situation like that with Trubisky, which at the end of the day, listen, if he gets them back to the playoffs, because they did make the playoffs. So they really shouldn't have made the playoffs. If, if Fangio oh, that, was not that, that one year, and, they should not have made the, there was that one year. They, they backed into the playoffs at eight and eight. They lost their last game and made the playoffs. And then this past year, dude, I mean, I, I'm sorry. If, Fang, if Fangio decides to not try to fuck over a division rival, let's be honest, the, the, the Steelers don't make the playoffs this year. So he can, if he can get them back into the playoffs, at least competing in that division, the AFC North, and at least competing at a decent level, now that we've seen, obviously, that the Ravens will be back, uh, obviously, to see the progression of the Bengals and everything, the step that they're going to take, whether it's going to be forward or backward or whether they're going to remain stagnant. So if Trubisky can just keep them afloat, and can get them at least into that wild card spot, not saying win the division, but at least get them, you know, have them be a wild card team, then, you know, it was the low risk. You took a low risk on a player at that contract and you made the playoffs with that guy, especially with a rebuilding roster and everything like that. I want to uh, I want to address one of these comments here. Drew Gaming in the chat says the defense carried them being the Chicago Bears to those playoff wins. You're absolutely right. You're, you're oh, absolutely hell yeah. right. That, that, that doesn't mean, look, 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 here's the thing, though. Again, it's one of those things. Don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that Mitch Trubisky was the reason. But to say that he wasn't a reason would be misleading the facts. Because look at that year that they went, they made that playoff. It was a, it was Mitch Trubisky. I think it was Mitch Trubisky's last year in, in uh, it was Mitch Trubisky's last year in Chicago. So 2020. Look at his 2020 season. Look at the, sorry, the Chicago Bears 2020 season. They made the switch to... Um, Nick Foles and the team went like one and five. They weren't, they were not good. Six and three with Mitch Trubisky. He didn't light it up, but he, they put him in, they put him back in and they started winning and they ended up making the playoffs. That doesn't mean that he is, you know, the answer at quarterback even necessarily, or he was at that time for the bears. But what it does mean is he can play. He's mm-hmm. better than Mason Rudolph. Like, the, like, don't even get me started on that one. Like, I'm a Ravens fan. If I had my pick today, man, if I was a Steelers GM and like being me, dude, you're starting Mason Rudolph because that's how I would ensure that the Steelers wouldn't be competitive because I know what Mason Rudolph is. We're we're gonna dude, trust me, the Ravens, Bengals, even the Browns gonna have that man seeing ghosts on that field. Mason Rudolph, you wanna talk about getting carried by a defense? You wanna talk about getting carried by a defense? Come on. How's Bud Dupree working out, by the way? Bud Dupree, uh, he didn't start out too well, but down the stretch, he actually was very pivotal in our uh, defense taking that step forward. Now, I do think partially a lot of that had to do with um, uh, the Jim Schwartz effect. It took a whole year, but it finally it finally took effect. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons took that step forward. Uh, Harold Landry fucking balled out, which, I mean, a lot of us kind of – I'm not going to say a lot of us saw it coming. We were kind of expecting him to take that step forward. 
And uh, Danico Autry played out of his fucking mind for a guy that we only signed on a one-year deal, like just a, a last-minute kind of one-year deal and everything. I mean, the Bud Dupree, did we overpay for him? I think we did, but I yeah. think long-term it's going to end up, you know, our goal was to keep that front four together. Um, so in the beginning, the Bud Dupree experiment did not work out, partially because he was still rehabbing from an injury and it took him a while to get his legs under him. But once he did, he was pretty good for us. Yeah, I agree. Guys, let us know what you guys think in the chat. Hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification. But we're going to carry on. And talk about the – we talk about media bias actually a lot on this show, uh, in, in the well, sports you, media. I will be right back. I have to go do something. Just just carry this for, for a minute. All right, cool. And I, that's what I can do. But, look, we talk, about, we talk about media bias in the sports world a lot. We talk about how, how different companies can create a narrative around certain players that isn't necessarily true, isn't reflected in the facts. One of these narratives exists for Trey Lance. If you're in a vacuum and you're not listening to talking heads on FS1, if you're in a vacuum, you're not listening to talking heads on ESPN, and you're just watching the game of professional football. If you saw Trey Lance play at North Dakota State, one thing that you will know immediately is that the dude has bare minimum raw ability and has the potential if in the right hands and develop and develops himself he will be a superstar in the NFL guarantee not that hard to figure sometimes you here's the thing sometimes you like to overcomplicate football there's some things you can just look at and know that's one of those things with Trey Lance like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that Trey Lance has all the raw God-given ability in the world. Now, over the past year, there's been this weird narrative that has been constructed. And I think there, there's two things that are at play about it. One, I do think the San Francisco 49ers have put this out there. Uh, and, and the narrative, obviously, that's at play is that Trey Lance, for whatever reason, either isn't ready or is a bust now. That that's the narrative that everyone ESPN, that FS1, they're they're spurting out. He's a bust. He can't play. 49ers are upset with him cuz he can't play. No one who watched this past season, if you actually watched Trey Lance play, you can't say that he can't play. The dude the dude showed up. Jimmy G goes down. He shows up. He doesn't light it up. He doesn't do like a whole. He doesn't do like you know like. He's he's not like Pat Mahomes his first year, right? He doesn't need to be. But he shows up. He's poised. He's ready for the moment. And what did he do? He won. He came in, ran the offense, did exactly what he was supposed to do, and he won. And we have multiple people in the in the mainstream sports and media that want to say that for whatever reason Trey Lance can't play. He's not a good player. He's not. He's not ready. He's years away from being a starting quarterback. When we didn't say those things about players who sh who showed less ability than him that were actually worse than him. So I don't. I don't understand it. Again, for me, it's a gut feeling and what I can see from his play on the field. 
yeah, sure, he's not he's not optimized yet. He's not like he's not gonna be you know like in the running for the MVP if he starts next year. But he's not garbage, and that's like the the thing I hate the most. And I do think the 49ers might have deliberately done this to actually help Jimmy G's trade stock. Um, maybe in a way because they might want teams to think that the 49ers want to keep Jimmy G more than they actually do and might want to try to hide Trey Lance uh, as like a gem. I don't know what it is. I just don't see I just don't see what other people are seeing. Maybe it's me. I don't understand why Trey Lance is being looked at as a dude who can't play. I, I truly don't. Like did I miss something, Andrew? No, no, you you hit every point and everything like that. I don't, I don't, I, like I said, it's a lot of it's media narratives. They get to pick and choose who it is that they like and everything like that. You know how many times? Remember, remember how many, how many, how many times was the media apologetic to Carson once last year? You know what I'm saying? This this guy is, this guy is like the greatest thing ever. Trey Lance. Let's be honest. Like obviously, yeah, he was one on one as a starter. The numbers don't jump off like the the screen at you or anything like that. But you know, he was a rookie. He wasn't even expected to be the starter this year because they still had Jimmy G. Obviously, they would have liked to, you know, they would have liked him to be farther along. But listen, even Mahomes sat his first year. So it's not like, you know, you're going to label him a bust just based off of that. You have to give the kid time to learn the system and everything like that. That's not exactly with the Shanahan system. You know, he doesn't exactly have Andy Reid as his, like, coordinator. It even took Mahomes a year to learn that. So, and let's be honest, dude. Like, I saw some people were making, like, the, oh, like, you know, Jordan Love has been sitting for all these years. And, you know, he's not ready to to be the quarterback for the Packers. That's why they went and they retained Aaron and everything like that. And it's like, don't make that comparison because Trey Lance is night and day better than Jordan Love. He not was night close. and day better uh, than what Jordan Love real ever could have been. Real quickly, not even close. Trey Lance is a better quarterback than Jordan Love. Continue. Night and day better than what Jordan Love was and could have been. So, I mean, I don't. I don't understand the Trey Lance hate and everything like that. Down the road, do I think he's going to be a good quarterback? Yes, you got to give these guys time and everything like that. You can't sit here with a rookie quarterback, and you can't expect just because he's a highly touted quarterback coming out that these guys are all good. It's going to come in and, you know, pop right away. You can't expect that. It's a process for a lot of them, dude. Aaron Rodgers is the one of the greatest quarterbacks of this generation. He sat behind Brett Favre. Mahomes is the quarterback in this generation. He sat behind uh, Alex Smith for a year, dude. Even you guys didn't even start Lamar in the beginning. You guys still had Flacco. Like yep. even Lamar Jackson, the MVP, right and before he was his raw. MVP oh, season. his 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 2018 season, he was raw, bro. It's like it took it took him a year to figure things out. Right. So you can't sit here and you can't go based off of what a few, what two, a very small sample size based off of his rookie year. I think Trey Lance can be the guy. Uh, maybe it was delivered. Maybe it was delivered by San Francisco because they do want to try to boost up the trade value of Jimmy Garoppolo, which based on some of the teams that could be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, like I keep mentioning up the Colts. The Colts have all that money to spend. The Colts have draft picks. The Colts have all. I, I don't even know if they do have draft picks actually because they, they sent a lot over in the. Um, yeah, they sent two thirds. They sent two thirds. But I don't. Yeah, dude. Like you were saying, I don't really understand the Trey Lance hate. I mean, give the kid time and everything like that. You know, it's not like 
it's not like he was drafted a couple four or five years ago and he still hasn't popped. Like we don't have it. I, mean, I always brought up Trubisky, but it's not like he's a Mitch Trubisky type where he just didn't live up to where he got drafted. The dude only played two games. He just, it was his rookie year and everything like that. And this team was expect, this team had expectations. That's why a lot of the times they just chose to stick with Jimmy G because Jimmy G was the proven commodity. He had taken them to a Super Bowl, though the defense pretty much was what carried them to that Super Bowl. He had taken them to a Super bowl he knew the system game manager and everything like that so that's why they chose to go with jimmy g over trey lance but i do think trey lance is ultimately the quarterback of the future for the 49ers people just have to have patience have patience let these guys develop and actually watch him play if you're gonna talk crap about him actually like like, like it, here's my thing if i'm gonna come out on national tv and and say that someone can't play i'm at least gonna watch a highlight tape of some uh, of some of their best and worst plays so i can make an honest assessment like what i'm hearing like that trey lance it's like a it's like not even a question like, like that's the thing i like I, who, who i think it was skip bayless on, on fs1 it was not even a question like like the, the the way that it was said it was not even a question of trey lance can't play it was like he cannot like he's not ready he's not even remotely close he's like three years away from being ready and i'm just like uh, like what? I I don't know what it is. Maybe it is the 49ers who, who put this out there. Maybe maybe it's I don't I don't know what it is. Maybe it's seeing they're seeing something that I'm not. Like very obviously not because I watched his first game. He wasn't. It's like he didn't like light up the charts, but solid. Like he's better than some of these rookies out there. He played better than Zach Wilson did. Like Zach Wilson, and I know it's not his fault. He wasn't poised until like until like the last few weeks of the season. That's when I first saw Zach Wilson really get poised. Because that's the bare minimum you want to show. Even if you're a rookie quarterback on a bad team, you want to show that poise, that confidence, the 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 thing that you don't get rattled. That's the bare minimum you want to show, right? And I really didn't see that from Zach Wilson in his first start, and I saw that from Trey Lance in both of his starts. So uh, the the first time I ever watched Zach Wilson play live, literally, at oh, the he stadium, had a lot of poise that I, day. I, he had a lot of poise that day, didn't he? Bro, this motherfucker, I still remember it vividly, dude. This man really had time to scramble and tell Corey Davis, keep going, keep going, keep going, and then aired it out. And there was not a fucking DB within five yards of that. I mean, what the fuck, man? Oh, wow. You're, you're dropping a lot of F-bombs on today's show. Because every time I hear Zach Wilson's name, people were like, you know, oh, they the Jets they, the Jets did beat the the Bengals. It was like, uh, yeah, but that wasn't Zach Wilson. That was Mike White. Um that's back when we thought Mike White could have been white the future Mike. of the Jets. Good old White Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like I, I got to watch the coming out party. I got to watch the the Zach Wilson that people, you know, people were saying, oh, he didn't play with poise and everything. Ah, he looked pretty poised that day. <laughs> when did. I was there, he, did, he looked pretty poised he? that day. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't even know how to transition to this. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, talk about this. Um... On so, the subject of quarterbacks, on the um, there we go, there it. we go. You, you, you the, can tra- yeah, there you go. As go we ahead. continue, as we continue on the subjects of quarterbacks, quarterbacks continuing to be on the move. Another one who may probably be on the move, somebody that Houston a season ago would not have been shopping, but now they kind of have to, is Deshaun Watson. We know. I keep bringing up Indy. We know Indy made the call, and because uh, I want to stop dropping the f bombs, uh, Houston pretty much told them to f off when they made the call, but at least they made the call, you know, just to inquire because we knew they weren't going to trade within the division, especially to a division rival like that. So we 
are on the subject of Sean Watson. And we have to ask ourselves, he, a jury, they did acquit him, correct? He was not indicted. He was not indicted. He was not, he was he not was. indicted. He, he will not be facing charges. That's like the official ruling. Um, not, but, uh, and again, that's like, so just for people who are wondering, that's just the legal process that, that I mean, like, that's just how it played out that we're not making, we're not making any, any, um, claims about it. We're not saying it's, it's the correct decision by them. That is just how it played out. And we're going to approach this segment from a pure football standpoint. All right. Look, from a football standpoint, Deshaun Watson, real good quarterback. He's going to have a massive market. The teams that are interested right now, Carolina, New Orleans, Cleveland, and Atlanta. And look, there's a lot of surprises here. Um, as far as from my standpoint, the Atlanta Falcons have emerged as a sleeper team in pursuit of Houston quarterback Deshaun Watson. The Falcons joined the Panthers, the Saints, and the Cleveland Browns, a team that has actually met with Deshaun Watson, which that tells you all you need to know about the confidence the Browns have in Baker Mayfield. All options are open, according to reports. Uh, while, Andrew, I'm just going to straight up ask you, what do you think about these landing spots? And of these landing spots, what's the most likely landing spot for Deshaun Watson? I mean, the most likely one is like that. That's that's a touchy one only because I, I can't say there is a most likely. I can't say there is a favorite. Like a lot of these teams are obviously in the hunt for Deshaun Watson. But I think Houston, just given how a lot of the like the way a lot of these deals go down, they they want to get him out of the out of the conference. So Houston's first thing, first and foremost, is they don't want to keep him in the AFC. They want to get him out of the AFC, send him to an NFC team. So that pretty much eliminates them a lot of the, a lot of teams off of that. Then you have to think about Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause. Where can Deshaun Watson go where he can make an immediate impact and that team will also be able to compete? I think Carolina, just given how Matt Rule is kind of up against it, like we don't know if Matt Rule is going to be there past this season. They did a lot to build that defense. We know they are not high at all on Sam Darnold. Um, they do have draft picks stockpiled. They do have some money, and they could potentially throw McCaffrey, though I don't think they want to move on from McCaffrey just yet. No, they no, could potentially you, you, throw. You, uh, Watson's not going to accept that trade unless McCaffrey's there. Unless he's there. So that's that's just one team I think about. Atlanta is a touchy one only because Atlanta's not really and, and like like we talked about earlier in the show, dude, that's Tom Brady's division. Tom Brady came back. That's his division. I don't know if Deshaun Watson would want to go play in a division against Tom Brady where that team is already built to compete. They are a little bit older, yes, but that team has been there, done that. They are built to go win that division. The, the, I think the biggest problem is that Deshaun Watson has this no trade clause. I was seeing somebody floating the idea out that Deshaun Watson could potentially be a New York Giant. Like if the Giants are willing to make that trade, you know, make that move and everything like that, throw some money around. I think Deshaun Watson could potentially, he has the New York market. They have a very good defense and Deshaun Watson, his ability to be mobile neutralizes the biggest Achilles heel for the Giants, which has been that non-existent offensive line. So, I hear you. My thing is, I keep coming back to one team. Of these four teams, if reports are to be believed, again, a lot can change. We've got a lot of time to go. The Carolina Panthers are the most likely landing spot for Deshaun Watson, and it's due to the fact that head coach, not jaw, Matt Rule, likely coaching for his 
well-being, likely coaching for his NFL career at this point. He needs to get a quarterback. He needs to get a, He needs to show that he's at least making strides because right now this team is not good. They're not playing inspired football, and that starts at the head coaching position, and they need a quarterback. They have the sixth overall pick. That might be enough. That genuinely might be enough. The sixth overall pick in the NFL draft might be enough to get Deshaun Watson. And if you pair him with Run CMC, you pair him with some of the really good receivers they have over there. Uh, we, we, I believe it's uh, uh, DJ Moore, right? Like, like they, 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 ha- they have some receivers there. They have help. They're building out that defense very well. Oh Look. yeah, didn't they? I'm sorry. Let me just. Didn't they? Didn't they? They were like the first team that jumped on uh, Stephon Gilmore. They already drafted. I think. I think they drafted J.C. Horn in the draft last mm-hmm. year too. Yeah, like, they did. And and he was they great. Already he was had, great for them. Yeah, they they um they drafted. I forgot who the kid was at a Penn State. Uh, solid, solid, solid guy who I think has a a, a pretty high ceiling. The kid, uh, Yeter Gross Matos who he's shown flashes and everything like that when he's not injured. So I do think, yeah, they're building that defense. They do have Christian McCaffrey. I think a guy like Deshaun Watson will be perfect because now they don't have to run Christian McCaffrey into the ground by week six anymore. Yeah, it just seems to me like that's the most likely landing spot. And and look, if you're the Houston Texans, you get the sixth overall pick, and maybe like you're you're gonna get some like you know some fourth, some thirds, whatever. Right? You're gonna get all that back. You get all those picks back. That's fine. I, I take that trade because. Unless Atlanta, Atlanta is a wild card in this situation because they could decide to like Atlanta has a lot of different ways to go. They could decide to be mediocre for another season with Matt Ryan and and the core that they have not. then that's not an indictment on Matt Ryan. That's just where the team's at. They could decide to really go boom or bust trade for Deshaun Watson trade for they would have to get someone else as well. Like they they have to get like a somehow a primetime defensive impact player. I don't know who, how they would do that, who they would get, but they would have to do that. Like, but there's a scenario there or the Atlanta Falcons just say, F it, rebuild, Artie Smith. Sorry. Hey, maybe you guys can get him back. I would love that, dude. I would, hey, he, he, he did his job already, dude. He got there. He sent us Julio. Even though Julio barely played, when Julio did play, he was pretty productive. Uh, You know what? He did his job. We only sent him there to bring. We only sent him there to give us Julio. He actually like does it? fit the description of a double agent. Like, <laughs> if if there's anyone, I think they. I I actually think they won more games than they were expecting to this year. I actually think he did not expect to win as many games as the Falcons won last year. He was year. pissed about it. He's pissed about because like they were on the cut. Like the, the Falcons did exactly what the Falcons do. They start terrible and then they ruin their own tank. Yeah. Like every year, dude, it, it's a play, like, like, like clockwork. I, I just, I've never seen anything like it. It's actually insane. Like I, there was a season they started like one in five. I think it was like 2020. They started like one in five, like one in six, I think, uh, or something like that. They end up, wind up winning a few games. They, they could have had like the number one overall pick, uh, like last year where they start like, yeah, they start like one and they start four and six. And then they, they they rattle off some wins, finish seven and ten. I'm just like, dude, call it a year. 2019. Oh, this year. This is the most Falcons year ever, right here. Team starts off one and seven. Perfect alignment in, in 2019 to get one of these top young quarterbacks in 2020 that we talk about. Could have had Trey Lance. Like, you know, or, or a primetime player. You could have had Panay Sewell. You could have somebody. Somebody. You could have one of these big receivers. Matt Ryan said, not on my watch. 
Not on my watch. The man said, I'm going in. And we're going to be forced to trade up to get Kyle Pitts. That's what we're going to do. Because that's, that's exactly what they did. I mean, look, they went 7-9. rest is history. All right, I'm thinking about the wrong draft. I don't even care. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Could have had Joe Burrow. You could have had Joe Burrow. Anyway, one team that got, got Julio out of it. Yeah, you, I mean, look, you're, you're happy as hell about that. Um, one thing. He'll be a cap did, casualty. He'll be a cap casualty. He'll be a cap cut next year. But, you know. One thing we, we do got. two solid years out of him. One thing the Denver Broncos have finally is some hope. <laughs> Denver finally has some hope. After years of underachieving following their Super Bowl victory in 2015, the Denver Broncos seem to have finally gone all in on winning another ring, coming off a 7-10 season where head coach Vic Fangio was given the boot. The Broncos got to work very quickly this offseason, hiring former Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett as their head coach, trading multiple first-round picks and Noah Fant to finally, finally, by God, finally, get their QB in Russell Wilson. And just recently, they came to an agreement with former Cowboys defensive end Randy Gregory to build out that already pretty stout defense. There's rumors that potentially there might be a way for them to finagle uh, fitting in uh, Von Miller to return. We'll see how realistic that, realistic that is. But look, Denver's definitely made some strides. But my question to you, Andrew, is it enough? Are the Denver Broncos Super Bowl contenders? Oh, they're absolutely Super Bowl contenders. They have to win the division first. They have to get to the playoffs first, but they're absolutely Super Bowl contenders, dude. I mean, dude, they went from who the hell was the quarterback last year? Was it it was was Teddy was it Teddy for a little bit? Teddy, Drew Locke. Teddy and Drew Locke. They went from Teddy and Drew Locke. They had a they had a game, I think not last year, but the year before, where they had a fucking wideout playing playing quarterback. They went from that to a Super Bowl champion. They already had a good defense. Their defense, literally every game that they played last year, their defense kept them in every single one of those games. Their defense was elite. Their defense got a lot better with the addition of Randy Gregory, who I think it's funny as hell that he basically said F you to the Cowboys organization, LOL Cowboys. That's going to be a new thing. Um, And yeah, dude, with with the potential Von Miller coming back and everything like that, they already have Bradley Chubb. I mean, that pass rush, you need a pass rush, especially in that AFC West. You need a pass rush with those quarterbacks. They're going to build a pass rush. They have a great secondary. They got a great young wideout in Jerry Judy. Uh, they're going to continue to build, I think. You know, they I do. They traded draft picks, but I think they can probably find some, some players later in the draft. Absolutely. Denver, I think Denver is a Super Bowl caliber team. I think Denver is a contender. Will it happen, though? No. My biggest concern for Denver is their division. You mentioned this earlier. Not only do you got to play with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid and all that, you also got to deal with Brian Stanley, 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 whatever his name is, uh, and the the unrealness, the utter, I don't know, the comedy, the comedic offense, like, in the best way. It's like, like, like I watched that Oakland Raiders-Chargers game, like, the last game of the year on Sunday Night Football. It, I was laughing. I was like, it was... In it was insane. I was just laughing. Fourth and sixteen. That's when. That's when um, um, Justin Herbert starts trying. He doesn't start trying until fourth down. So you got to deal with that. You got to deal with with. I, I look. I, I'm Staley. 
Staley I'm, will go for it. Staley, Staley will run the ball on fourth and nine on his own, on his own like 12-yard line and in the second quarter. They'll get it. That's the thing. They'll get it. Like, 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 I, like those last two drives they had in, in regulation in that, in that season finale, absolutely ridiculous. I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, it was just like anyone who says, by the way, by the way, um, uh, Justin Herbert was the 2020 draft. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the 2020 draft. And people were saying that, you know, he, oh, he's the weakest quarterback in that draft. Uh, like I remember that. Oh my God. The draft analysis on Justin Herbert was like. Oh, he's got a big arm, but he does he is he accurate enough and 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 all that kind of stuff. Like like we we found out Justin Herbert not only has a cannon, the man has an absolute laser when it comes to accuracy. The dude does not miss when when it's crunch time. I mean, he is just insane. Like well worth the 6th overall pick. Probably the Miami Dolphins are looking at that and they're like, oh, maybe we should have like no again, no hate on Tua. They probably should have taken Herbert over Tua. Jordan, the Packers are like, we're gonna trade up for a quarterback. Might as well trade it up for Justin Herbert if he's gonna fall to six. Legendary quarterback. Go from one legendary quarterback to another, but no. Ah, uh, no, no, no. What a draft that 2020 draft was, though. What a draft that 2020 draft was. That that was the that was the uh Jeff Okuda draft. Remember that? that that was remember I remember that was the night that um that that Trey Wingo was doing all the draft analysis by himself because it was like it was like mid COVID and he was like Jeff Akuda, an academic standout at Ohio State, boasting a GPA of 3.0. I was like, damn, bro, what do those grades at Ohio State look like? Like <laughs> what? Like that again, again, dog, yo, dog. It's like college is hard. Like, like don't get me wrong, college is hard. But like I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna try to like say that like you know my grades in college were like academic standout levels, like, and then they were better than three point oh. Like you know, I mean, is what it is. Um, but yeah. Anyway, guys. We're not done yet. We still have one quick surprise that we're going to do because we still have to talk about the NBA. But stick around. We will return. And we're back. Kind of. Welcome back to the... I don't even know how to say this. Joining us right now, live, not in studio, Young Trenzy. Simon, how you doing? Uh, Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, Had a little bit of, you know, life difficulties. Got locked out of my crib. I'm yeah, 25 literally. years old. It's kind of messed up. Um, <laughs> damn near so, 26 years old. Damn yeah, near, damn 26, near 26 years old. But I'm happy to be here. How's the gang? How's Omer? How's Lil Penny? Busy, busy, busy. Stress, stress, stress. But we're getting through it, man. Yeah. Hey, yo. So let's get right into it because I got some NBA questions for you guys. Look, last week we talked about Andrew. We talked about the Knicks. And you gave your, your, your story about why the Knicks are bad and what they need to do to change things. I'm going to pose the same question to you, Simon. The New York Knicks a year ago were a playoff team. They had one of the most miraculous runs in New York Knicks history, for, especially over the past 40 years. Um, and look, like a lot, it was probably the most exciting time for any Knicks fan 
in recent memory. Definitely the most exciting time for any Knicks fan in recent mem- memory. What went wrong this year? They have basically the same team, if not a better version of the team. What's what's wrong? Tell me. You know what they need to do? They need to call up Kemba Walker and Julius Randle and tell them to give that money back. <laughs> give it all back. Those guys are trash. Um, honestly, I think it was just one of those miracle runs for them last year. That team, to me, is just not where they need to be, and they 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 showed it this year. They're just – I don't get the drop-off, but it's it, we see the same thing with the Hawks, for real. I just think it was a young team that just happened to get into the playoffs and went on a nice run. And I mean, I don't, I mean, I mean, Andrew, you're a Knicks fan. Did you expect anything this season for real? I did. Yeah. I expected us to build on last season. I really did. I had high hopes. I had very high hopes. What seed, what seed were you guys getting? We were, we were top four last year. I was expecting to be top four again. Yeah, that wasn't happening. They swindled. They swindled all of us. They deceived all of us. I see. Here's the thing, Andrew. I don't think they deceived anyone. I think this is just, this is just what they were the, like the whole time in disguise. This is just what the New York basketball Knicks were this whole time. A team that is guaranteed to disappoint their fan base every time. That's all they were. That's all they were. All day. Your analysis on that? I mean, I really have no analysis. I, I, I've been I've been watching this shit for the last how many years? Like, I, I I'm used to. I, <laughs> I stuck by I I stuck by through the Marbury years. We had the mellow years, which were kind of cool, but not really. Then we had Porzingis. We had that tall ass dude that you know. Now, now you know it is what it is. But you know, In Washington what? now. We have we have the oh, future. Your problem, RJ. Now, RJ is the future. RJ is the future. That's all I know. And RJ will deliver a championship and he will make New York great again. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. You're going to have to find a way. He's the only thing. He's the only thing. Cause you know, damn, we know Julius Randle isn't the answer. Julius Randle is not the answer. Most improved no, player. He's, yeah, least improved player. Like, 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 like most deep-proof. <laughs> Can we make that an award? Can we make that an award? Most unimproved player. <laughs> like, no, no. How, we'll how send him the real take sports talk. Most unimproved player. I will award. make, we'll make one. I, and we'll I will send, send it. Send it I will send it to Julius Randle just to troll I'm, him. I'm down. I'm down because he's a disappointment. <laughs> you want to go he's on a, a trophy? Simon, <laughs> send it to Julius Randle. It's just <laughs> we're gonna send Julius Randle the. Most unimproved, disappointing player of the year. Be the award. saddest trophy to be this big. <laughs> Little mm-hmm. ass trophy. Um, Little look, baby ass trophy. Look, look, we're not going to. Okay, I did not just do this just to crap on Andrew's team. Although that was definitely motivated. That, I, this definitely did motivate. I did just want Simon and me to crap on the Knicks for a little bit. Love I'm you, I'm used Andrew. to it. I have, I have thick skin to it. I'm used to it. I've yeah, lived it. No, I'm glad but you do. But hot take, though, that Knicks team reminds me a lot well that cab put it like this the Cavs, the hawks and the knicks i think are all in the same boat all of them the Cavs are going to have a nice playoff run just like the hawks did last year and then you're going to be dirt yeah next I, year look, i fully Absolute expect ready dirt and it's not like i don't have any faith in dg he's balling out but i just don't think mm, 
I just don't think they can continue that type of success. They're they're missing too many pieces to continue that success, and we saw that with the Knicks. That's it, what happened. It goes back to the problem for the Cavs that I I have had this whole season. They have a lot of really good players. Jared Allen, amazing player. Evan Mobley, franchise changing player. That that's the one guy. I don't care what happens. Don't don't let him go. Um, you have. You have Laurie Markkinen, who's a really good player. Like he gets lost in the shuffle somehow amongst because we have like eighteen centers. But yeah. but I but but like the thing is about this team that worried me from the start, and I mentioned this to a lot of people, and I got a lot of crap for this in in, in one of my takes, was that there, it's gonna be because it's gonna be a certain point in the season where this happens. They have a lot of really good players, but they don't necessarily all go together. As far as at some point, like, I, like at some point, like someone's gonna fall off. At some point, the chemistry's gonna be wrong, and I don't know what's gonna happen because, again, like three of our best players are centers, and then the like basically everyone else who's good was a guard. Like, like, and it's like we do have Isaac Okoro, who's like hit and miss sometimes. I love Jetty Osmond, but. Love his defensive effort, though. His effort is amazing. He's the highest motor. Like he got, he's gonna get a contract just based off of his his motor defense. And, and defense. And also, the, the the dude's also awesome just to have on your team. Like LeBron loved this kid. Like I promise you, like if he, if, if LeBron has a chance to play with Jetty Osmond again, he's gonna find a way. Like that's actually like one of his best friends. So, like like for for me for me, I'm like, look, at some point the Cinderella story is gonna end. I know it. Like. If we somehow win the chip, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to take all credit for it. I, it was my take the whole time. I'll erase all the content where, where, I, where I was like, this team ain't going nowhere. Because I can. I, it's my channel. Fight me. <laughs> fight me, fans. But Fight them. Fight me. Don't tell them where I live. Um, but, but no, in all seriousness. Um, we don't even know where you live. I'm hip. I'm hip. I kept it that way, didn't I? Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think the Cavs are a really good young team that – that I think can attract a good free agent in time or, or can be a place where they have some pieces they can definitely trade away this offseason if they really want to think about competing. Because Evan Mobley, bucket. You got Jared Allen, also a bucket. You got uh, um, Darius Garland, proved himself I to think be it's a bucket. Uh, but that's the thing, though. That's the thing. Laurie Markkinen has actually been behind Allen and Mobley in the lineup, so you haven't really uh, had a chance to see the full extent of what he can do. Like, that's the thing, like, that gets lost Package in a couple. Package up with Sexton. Yeah, I love Colin Sexton, uh, Sexton, too, by the way. Unfortunate he got injured, but it actually might have been a blessing in disguise for at least this year. For Darius Garland, at least. Yeah, for Darius Garland and the team. I mean, like, that kind of coincided with when the Cavs really took off. Like, mm. like that, that's mm-hmm. like, yeah, he gets injured, and then... A few weeks later, they're the three seed in the East, and it's like, oh shit, they're for real. Damn. Um, but yeah, we got some questions in the chat. You guys want to take some questions real quick? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Asking us, where should LeBron? It's like, should LeBron leave the Lakers? No, hell. And I would say other words, but ex- I, I gave up cursing for Lent. So, um. No, LeBron, LeBron, you listen to me. If you're watching this, you stay exactly where you are with your old self. You stay exactly where you are. You wanted this. You, you wanted this. I don't want to hear it with Russell Westbrook or Westbrook or AD's not injured. You took the money. 
you signed on to play in L.A., and all the Lakers fans, you better just be happy that you got that one chip because that's the only chip you're going to get for the next decade. You sold everything. We see Lonzo balling out now. Chicago looks beast. Damn, New Orleans, they just acquired McCollum. Ingram's coming back to play again. It's like, oh, my gosh, this man looks like the bucket we saw him being. We saw him, what was he, the number two draft pick? Yeah. We saw this type of potential on this guy. Yeah, okay, yeah. LeBron, you got rid of basically the Lakers' whole future and mortgaged it for Russell Westbrook, a diminished, decrepit Carmelo Anthony, who's actually balling out, not going to lie. I can take his little 15-whatever-a-game. He's mellow. He's, um, that's the role he, he was brought on to but play. But LeBron, yeah. No, LeBron, I, I think LeBron stays there. If he's a true man, he stays there. He's not. Okay. Like, Andrew, I will I will let you get to your, your thing on LeBron because I know you have thoughts on this. Real quickly, I want to say please, I hate him. You're going to hate him because that's probably what he's going to end up doing. You're going to hate him. Because it's either, it's either Russ or Braun this offseason. Like, it's going to come to a head. It's either Russ or Braun. And it, at the end of the day, I think the Lakers are going to choose LeBron. And that's the right choice they should make. I'm a Cavs fan. I know <laughs> this. Twenty-eight. Uh, it was that last year in, in Cleveland, 2018. The Cleveland Cavaliers were, start, when they started the season, that was when they acquired Derrick Rose in the offseason, Isaiah Thomas, and 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 Dwayne Wade, Wayne all Wade. those. That, yeah, it was, it was that weird time where all those players from two, exactly. who were really good in 2011 were all Cleveland Cavaliers. So, so I remember that beginning of that season, it was not good. They were not playing well. Like, they were getting into fights. LeBron wasn't trying. And that's the thing about LeBron. LeBron only tries when he's incentivized to try. At, at, at this point in his career. And that's a true thing. I've seen it. Brian Windhorst has literally said it. At, at a certain point for the Cavs, it came to a head where it was like, Trade these pieces away. Let's get something else. Let's get some other pieces that are more complementary to Le- towards LeBron. And, and immediately, they got a better version of LeBron on the court. And look, they he took him to what to the to the finals that year. He took him to the finals. Almost won a finals game. Still hate your cousin for that, Simon. But uh, yeah, we can all hate him. But <laughs> but no. But in all seriousness, I mean, it, it's just it's it's absolutely like like that's the thing. What the, what I found out there was when the Cavs got rid of all those players, they didn't just trade for all the pieces they got back. They traded for a more motivated and incentivized LeBron James who played better. And that's just how he is. That is how LeBron is. And he's saying all this stuff about, like, you know, he wants to go play with Bronny. He's going to do it. Like, whatever team, like, he's going to do it. He's going to be overseas. I mean, no, no. I promise you. For the jersey sales alone. Overseas, right, Andrew? Overseas. Because to be honest with you, I love Bronny's kid. No, but the kid's a Twitch streamer. It, it doesn't matter. It. it doesn't matter, dude. Streamer. No, 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 no. It, it's Twitch not streamer. even about Twitch. Dog. He's not dog, going dog. to. It's got is he league bound? You're tell- yes. You know why? Because his father's going to prove. His father's going to make sure of it. You know why? It doesn't matter how old he is. LeBron's going to be 40 when that happens, right? Bronny's going to come out. A team, whether it's in the end of the first round, second round, they're going to pick up Ronnie because what's that team going to do? I don't, the Charlotte, I almost call them Bobcats. They're going to be terrible, or, or not even Charlotte because they're going to be fine. But, you know, uh, insert bad team here. The Indiana Pacers, they're going to be like, we Keep need people. Motherfucker away from they got team. Halliburton. No, but you know what I'm saying, right? A team that's never, that's not in the championship mix, like for the next few years, right? Sacramento. They're, okay, Sacramento, fine. Pick Ooh. whatever the, 
All right, Sacramento, there you go. Oh, that's a good one. We always forget about Sacramento. They're going to pick up. Darren Fox averages 27 a game, and nobody knows it because he's in Sacramento. They're going to pick up Bronny just because it's going to get them LeBron. He will go to that team. I 100% believe that LeBron is going to that team. And once that happens, what is going to go up? Jersey sales, ticket sales, because it's going to be LeBron's last ride, and the entire sports world is going to be flocking around Sacramento. It's going to happen. And for that team, for that franchise, it's going to be a lot of money on the line. And at the end of the day, that's a, that's really what the, what the owners care about. A lot of these owners don't care about winning. They care about money. So... I'm telling you, I know it, it makes zero basketball sense. From a basketball standpoint, Bronny shouldn't be in the NBA at this point, but he's going to be. He's going to be. It makes too much business sense not to. As long as he's not on my fucking team, that's all I care about. You imagine. Keep him, keep him, you imagine keep him far away from my fucking team. Imagine that. Imagine that. No, uh, your, your boy, no. That's uh, crazy. Dolan, that, would, that's, that could happen. That could be finally the way the Knicks finally get Bron. That's yeah, insane. That would actually that would actually <laughs> be very crazy considering you guys were on the verge of signing him without your owner rapping and chatting his mouth off. LeBron would have been in New York. He probably still would be in New York right now. If oh that's how God. LeBron gets to New York, cool. But if he leaves the Lakers no. this offseason, I'm gonna I'm sorry, Lord. I'll see you this Sunday. He's a bitch. I'm sorry. Because you asked for it. You literally got everything you want the nba catered to you mind you this is the same lakers franchise that vetoed the chris paul and 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 kobe bryant and 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 gave us steve nash and dwight howard's dumbass this is the same nba now they give us russell westbrook laron james laron james actually carmelo anthony who's just like literally that man's limping up the court and Malik Monk. Your 2022-2023 through 2030 Lakers, ladies and gentlemen. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. I don't want to see no more LeBron shoes. I don't want to see none of that. None of it. None of it. It's Andrew, over for him. Any thoughts? Any thoughts? I mean, I, 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 I'm just going to... You know what? No, not even Andrew like doesn't like LeBron, but he, like he I'm starting to like. Obviously, doesn't like. I'm, I'm starting to not like LeBron too, be just because like you can't be leg GM every on every team you go to. Let he's not gonna sit here. Job. He is not gonna sit here. Come to my fucking team, and then next thing you know, Cam is gone. RJ's gone. Fucking Mitchell Robinson's gone. Oh, he will. We'll draft he'll make sure RJ we'll draft, run out. Of we will time. Draft, make sure that we will. We will lose enough games the next two years to draft Dewan Wagner Jr. And then before he even plays a game for the Knicks, he'll be traded. Like I'm not having that happen. I'm not like having that happen. Just like oh, Wiggins. Oh, here we go. We got a big ticket in the chat. These guys. Jamal Murray is close to returning. Does adding him to the Nuggets make the West more interesting? Not necessarily uh, for me right Andrew, off the bat. Andrew, why don't it you makes take the this Nuggets first? more com- It makes the Nuggets more competitive, but nah, dude. That, it goes through Golden State and Phoenix. That's It's, it's going to be Golden State and Phoenix out West. And that that's pretty much it. Yeah, it makes the Nuggets a sleeper contender, but they're like the third team and everything. Because Utah, let's be honest, Utah, Utah don't do shit in the playoffs. Uh, Denver is another one. Outside of outside of Jokic putting up monster numbers in the regular season and shit like that, playoff Jokic really hasn't you know done anything, and it's going to continue like that. Like he's limited. Yeah, adding Jamal Murray will do something, but at the end of the day, um, it's going to go between Golden State and Phoenix for the West Crown. So. Simon? 
I don't think it really helps him at all, considering he's missed damn near the whole season. And you're asking an on-ball guard to pick back up and give us. Well, we're all gonna let's let's not let's not lie here. We're all gonna be expecting bubble Jamal Murray right out the gate, and it's gonna be disappointing as hell because that man blew out his what ACL. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to be the same. So with that in mind, um, no, I don't think it makes it more interesting. I just think it – I just think we just see another season of Jokic just going 26, 13, and 9, and Jamal Murray's going to come back next year and they'll make some noise. But this year, no. Like, I'll, I'll, I concur with Andrew. Lockdown by Phoenix. I think Phoenix might actually do it this year because um, the Warriors, I'm thinking without Draymond um, – Without Draymond, it doesn't seem like Wiggins knows how to play basketball at all. I mean, they can get Wiseman back though. He so, was no. I, I watched that game they had against the Bucks. He he was fine. They could oh, they Wiggins? could get they could get Wiseman back. See, their biggest thing is they need they need somebody when it comes when it comes to the West, dude. Phoenix's thing is Phoenix has perimeter scoring, but the X factor for Phoenix has been and it will be DeAndre Ayton if they can keep retaining him. That was why Phoenix lost the finals, dude. Phoenix did not lose the finals because of guys like Devin Booker. Phoenix lost the finals because Giannis made De- uh, DeAndre Ayton a non-factor. That's why they lost the finals. Yeah. He just bodied his ass every, every possession. <laughs> it, was a, it was, I mean, he's never faced anything like that, though. No, that team was young, and I think they'll come back this year a lot better, more seasoned. Um, I do like the way they're playing. That's my favorite for the for the West. But I, I, think I don't think the, they have anything on the Heat. Real quick, I think the Giants may have fi- may have just signed Daniel Jones' replacement. Who? Who? The, Justin. The New York football Giants have agreed to a deal in principle. Two years, $17 million with Tyrod Taylor. Hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Better quarterback than Daniel Jones. Trubisky got a better deal. Yeah, well, I'm happy Tur- about that. Trubisky, Trubisky got a a, a, a more team friendly deal, and Trubisky is better than Tyrod. Uh, you know what? I'm not gonna comment. We'll bring Johnny on. We'll bring Johnny on to comment. We'll bring, on that. John, I'm sure Johnny's got <laughs> a lot of thoughts on that one. Like, he was oof. He, he's. I mean, like, look. I think he's he's fine with a bridge QB. Like, like, look. This probably means they're not picking a quarterback in the draft, which is a good thing. They shouldn't. They shouldn't pick a quarterback in this draft. No. Yes, the fuck they should. Yes, the fuck they should. They spent seventeen mil on those. Oh, that bad boy. Seventeen mil. They're gonna have that fifth year option for Danny Dimes. Twenty million dollars for Danny Dimes. So what could they draft? Should they go draft two offensive linemen? Should they trade up, get the number one pick, and draft Evan Neal? And now, and now they have one one guy to protect their quarterback. They should just draft better. <laughs> like, like, like that's the thing, man. Like, they just need to be better. Like, it, it is just they just don't have they don't have the support system around a young quarterback to foster success. They just don't. Hey, if they want to blow it up, I would love a Dory back. That's all. I'm gonna leave it at that. I love it. I love it. Uh, last few questions in the chat. Uh, Ryan Woodridge asks, "Little Penny, what are your thoughts on Scott Hall?" Well, he doesn't know who Scott Hall is because that's wrestling. Uh, Ryan Woodridge also asks, hi, bro, who's going to win the NCAA men's and women's tournament? Ah, we talked about this earlier on the show, so go up and rewind that. Um, Ryan Woodridge also said, Gronk should go play for the Packers. And we also have Ryan with a whopper here. Do you see Russell Westbrook going to the Golden State Warriors? 
how that would happen, I have no idea. But what kind of Zaza are you smoking, man? I want to smoke that stuff. That's exactly. I want to smoke the Zaza that you're smoking because that's the worst contract. It's either him or Porzingis or John Wall, who has the worst contract in the NBA. And the Golden State Warriors are financially stable. I don't think they would take. You know what's on funny? I think of, John Wall is the worst contract out of those out of those three you just mentioned because he just doesn't play. Yeah. Dude, would you rather have a seven? So you would rather have. Porzingis, a seven foot something big man who's not going to rebound and can barely shoot, just hey, just hey. gunslinging out there. Those those fifty games, he's going to be healthy for the regular season. He plays. He's he's a twenty and eight guy. That's that's no. That's, he's like seventeen and nine. <laughs> like um, maybe on a good night, sir. Like sir, uh, dude. Porzingis is 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 a he's, shell I'm of himself. Not, I'm not saying. That I think he's, New no, York. No, no, I'm saying he's literally sucks his, his spirit is, out of him. His contract is. His contract is better than John Wall's. I don't think that's even close. John Wall. When that man went down in New York. His spirit went down with him. When was he the last got time? Up, but his spirit when was the last time? Up. So John Wall. Or sorry, here we go. Porzingis over the last three years, fifty-seven games in 2019, 20 and 10, 43 games in 2020, 20 and nine, 34 games in 2021, 19 and eight. Again. You want to be? I can put that side by side with John Wall stats over the past three years, given his contract. You want me to do that? I can. Didn't the Wizards give John Wall that contract? Yep, yep. I think they're still on the hook for a bit of it. Like I think there were that was like there was yeah. some like there was some like finagling. There, there, there was some like there was some like stuff that some, went on. Some like, finagling. Scenes, some finagling that <laughs> was going on, where it's like the Wizards did, paid out like part of partially that contract. How did he steal that much money without a mask? That's what I want to know. I'm hit. I, he did it in broad daylight, man. Did it in broad daylight. Dude, broad fucking almost, daylight. Almost. Probably smiled. He probably smiled at the camera, too. Looked down the barrel of the camera and smiled at it, too, while he was almost. robbing them fucking blind. He said, guess who's not playing? Yeah. Um, dude, it was almost as bad as Kirk Cousins. The last three contracts this man has signed have been fully guaranteed. Kirk Cousins. The only guys think about this. The only three. There's only been three fully guaranteed contracts in the history of the National Football League ever, all time. All of them have gone to Kirk Cousins. That's crazy. he's got the best agent in sports. I'm here. I want that guy. I, I want mean, that guy. I hey, Kirk, that guy. <laughs> send that guy my way. Send that guy send my that way. Guy I'm trying my to get. Way. Look, look. I'm trying to get trying all to get my, my money, all my money up front. Let's go. I'm some shit. I want my bag too, Kirk. <laughs> Let me get my shitty bag too. <laughs> All right. I think we've exhausted this. Guys, any parting final thoughts? Uh, Simon, I'll let you go first. No. Surprising. That's actually very surprising. Andrew. Hmm. Oh, baseball's back. I'm happy about that. We're good. Oh, we, I'm not we happy baseball. about that. Oh no, I'm 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 very happy. We still haven't celebrated our goddamn chip, Homer. Ah, we're I never gonna. No. It's not happening. Never celebrated. Never celebrating. It's the continuing. I woke up. I woke. I woke up. I went to sleep. I went to sleep one day. I woke up. Max Scherzer is a member of my team. He's a. I love that dude. He's a fucking psycho, dude. That dude literally. He foams at the mouth just at the thought of striking this motherfucker in the batter's box out. I love it. He's a fucking psycho. I love it. Too bad so, he's old and you guys won't get him. He's decrepit. Well, now. it doesn't. It doesn't matter because my team is. You know, we're, we're, they're gonna let me down anyway. So you know, it is what, what it is. I just, Amen. I just, I, 
I just need normalcy. I just need normalcy. It's not a regular year if my team is not here letting me down. We're going to put together this bomb-ass fucking team with all these big-ass fucking names, and for what? To finish third in the division? Probably. No, I'm, no. If I'm Scherzer's you right your now. ace, you guys, you're guaranteed. Put it like Scherzer's this. not our ace. Scherzer's our, he's our number two. And we just created okay, for this guy, you're Chris Oh, yeah, DeGrom. 15 yeah, wins yeah, yeah, out yeah, of yeah. that guy, though. Look, you're guaranteed look, 15. Look, here's 15 the thing. 15 wins, Omar. Here's the thing about the Mets. They have a window of two years right now with with this Scherzer signing. I I know that uh, Daddy Cohen's gonna put out the bank, put out the piggy bank for everyone uh, moving forward too. But realistically, you have you have a two year window, and it's and look, a lot of it is because I don't care what happens, not next, not this coming year, but the year after, an NL East team is winning the World Series, and it's either going to be the New York Mets or the Philadelphia Phillies. One of those teams is winning because that's just how history is playing out right now. NL East teams are going just win every two years now. That's just what happens. I, it might be your team, Andrew. That's all I have to I, say. I, just, I also wanted to say this, too, uh, just uh, back on the subject of basketball. How funny is Kyrie for not being allowed to play in the game but still showing up to the game? <laughs> Look, how funny is it that they find the team 50K? Not him. <laughs> the team. 50k. All right, Dude, he Andrew, bought a ticket. This Andrew, man bought Andrew, a ticket. Before you get before and you showed get up. Me, before <laughs> you get before you get me demonetized again. Because <laughs> last I didn't week, say any, I didn't say anything out of dog. pocket this time. No, I know, I know. I'm just trying to stop. We're not talking about the vid. We can't talk about the vid because if we talk about the vid, demonetized. Last week, Simon, literally last like it was literally the last like five minutes of the show. We're wrapping up and we're talking about we're talking about sports fans and how when they win or lose, they can start destroying property and, and, and do bad stuff. And Andrew just goes into full mo. He's like they, they he was like endorsing it like as a joke, right? But literally, as soon as we end the episode, boom, I get that that flag demonetized. Your channel is like being reviewed. I'm like, oh damn it. Like, like literally, they they knew it. They knew it. They're like, oh, Got him. So, be careful what you say on YouTube, kids. That's my parting thought. It was a joke. I wasn't trying to incite anything. I wasn't sure know that. I know, but YouTube. I doesn't. Um, have my own fan, uh, anger, fa- angry fan moment where I had the police called on me. Okay. Um, All right. And on that. So, note, uh, I do not endorse that. Um. On that note, we are going to move on. To the end of the show. Guys, what a show it's been. It has been a fun ride. Again, big thank you to Trenzi. Big thank you to Lil Penny, both of you, for showing up. Um, uh, like, it, it's always fun having you. It's always fun having the Real Take Originals on, you know? We, we, we love ourselves some Real Take Originals. Guys, if you haven't already, hit that like button, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever a new video is released. Also, be sure to go over to youtube.com forward slash Real Take Wrestling to check out our latest stuff on over there. Uh, Real Take Sports on Twitter. Real Take Sports Talk on Instagram and Facebook. www.realtakesports.com Big shout out to Nefx for this new intro slash outro music. Until next time, I'm Umar Q for Real Take Sports. Like it I ain't gonna real. wait that's all Detroit Lions. He's out there with up. Oh.
I'm sick of being cautious. I'ma go cause something can't stop this. I'ma steal everybody's lane, call it shoplift. Sick of hearing everyone complain when they thoughtless.